Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. All right, all right. Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, Eagles Nation out there, city of Philadelphia. Yay, 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 yay. Finally, right? Well, let's say this. 2018 will go down in NFL history as the year, the Philadelphia Eagles brought home a Super Bowl championship victory. Go Eagles! Yes, yes, I'm saying that. And yes, I'm under the weather, but I'm getting better. And I'm going to attribute that to still riding on the Super Bowl 52 championship win by my hometown team, the Philadelphia Eagles. That's good medicine. Anybody out there in Radio Land, if you're sick or under the weather or combating the flu like I am, <clears throat> yes, had to make several trips. To Walgreens, buying out their tissue boxes. <laughs> I can't even tell you how many boxes of tissue I've gone through in less than a full week. My nose is red like Rudolph right now. However, I am still riding high on the Eagles winning Super Bowl 52. I can't say that enough. The Philadelphia Eagles did not disappoint us, Philadelphians. So if you are a Philadelphia right now and you are a diehard Eagles fan, you understand my joy. You understand my satisfaction. You understand my contentment. You understand my pleasure. You understand my happiness. So I know you're celebrating alongside with me. Yeah, yeah. So yes, 
just warning everybody that's tuning in, if you hate the Philadelphia Eagles, or better a better for a better choice of word, if you dislike them, if they're not your NFL favorite team, or one of your favorite teams, then just don't be a hater right this moment because your hater rate will be quenched by the fans because we're celebrating. We're not coming down off this high. We're going to ride it out, okay? And I do want to say that Super Bowl 52 was one of the best Super Bowls I have lived to see. I had friends from Boston. I had friends from California. I had friends from all over inboxing me, um, texting, uh, sending love, sending waves, poking me, everything, just showing their jubilation along with ours, Philadelphians. So we're not celebrating alone. There's other states. Other states across the country that are cheerfully blending in with our cheers in honor of the Philadelphia Eagles. They are very pleased with the outcome of Super Bowl 52. I want to give a special thanks to the referees. I did not like there was, okay, let's be real here. If you're a diehard Eagles fan, you feel this, too. We did not like that there was a one time, one of our touchdowns was not accredited as a touchdown. We were very disgusted by the call that was made by the referees, but we understood. And we want to say to Clement, yes, Corey Clement, we want you to know we appreciate what you did for us. We want you to know Graham, 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 thank you. Because when you Snatch that ball back. That was a powerful statement on your part. You let it be known right then and there. This is our year. And as an eagle, I will not allow our crown to be stolen or taken away from us. Not this time. I loved it. Oh, yes. It's so many highlights. So many wonderful highlights to reflect on. There's so many I did not name. I want to say to Ertz personally. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to say to Jahi, things happen for a reason. You are a full-fledged eagle. It's official. You've earned that, and we do celebrate you. We want you to know you matter. You matter so much to this team. Never think you don't. You measure up in so many ways. Of course, to foes. Yes, to our quarterback, the one 
the one who was the backup, right? Who ended up being the one to bring us a championship. We want you to know you are the truth. You, you, you have made us so happy as a city. You have helped in a big way to boosting up the morale of this city. You have no idea what that win has done for Philadelphia. And we want you to know, we appreciate what you bring to the table. As for being the quarterback, the one that brought the Super Bowl championship home. Looking forward to the celebration ahead. Yes, I want to make this public announcement. Public announcement. Ding, 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 ding. (coughs) Excuse me. On Thursday, ladies and gentlemen, there will be a parade on Broad Street. Ha, 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 ha. And the parade starts. Let me get all the facts straight here. Give me a moment. This is big. The Philadelphia Eagles Championship. Super Bowl. Let me say that first. The Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl Championship Parade, ladies and gentlemen, will take place on February the 8th. In Philadelphia, okay? And this is major. There's a lot of information that I have to disclose, okay, because it's important, all right? And I want this information to be processed, recorded. So anyone tuning in, get your pens, pencils, iPads, whatever devices you want to use to get this information. Here's what you should know. As for the city, as for the city of Philadelphia, here are full details about the parade and the ceremony, which will occur on this Thursday, February the 8th, in honor of our Super Bowl champion, Eagles. (coughs) The parade will begin at 11 a.m. I repeat, the parade will begin at 11 a.m. Very important. Very important. Very important. And I want to make sure you have the facts because it matters. The parade will take place on Thursday, February the 8th. It will begin at 11 a.m. It will be at Broad and Patterson. That's the start. Are we, can I get a, can I get a South Broad? All right, the parade will begin at 11 a.m. at (coughs) Broad and Patterson and end with a ceremony at the Art Museum. 
Yes, the art museum. All right, here's the route. The route starts at Broad and Patterson in South Philadelphia at 11 a.m. Northbound on Broad Street to South Penn Square. Westbound on South Penn Square to 15th Street. Northbound on 15th Street to JFK Boulevard. Westbound on JFK Boulevard to 16th Street. Northbound on 16th Street to the Benjamin Franklin Parkway. Westbound on the Benjamin Franklin Parkway to Eeks, I'm sorry, to Eakins Oval. Okay? Ending at the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Doesn't that sound exciting? I mean, anybody that's a native-born Philadelphian, we know these routes. We know these routes because there's a lot of landmarks at each one, okay? So this is major. You're talking about a parade to be heralded live. And listen, it's going to be heralded live. People are going to be watching this parade from all over, okay? Cross country. We got some people internationals who are watching it on the net. We got some people that are going to be in the air watching it. We got people that's going to be in the parade itself as well as those up on tops of roofs viewing it, videotaping and recording it. You know how we do. In the city of Philadelphia, when we celebrate, we go all out. We go over the top. Oh my gosh, I can't even tell you. There's so many local businesses that will be, they're going to have their doors swung widely open. They're going to patronize all of the fans celebrating. They're going to have food out. There's going to be businesses that aren't even food uh, venues that are going to have food and drinks just to patronize those in the parade that need to refresh and rehydrate. This is the city of Philadelphia at its best. This is Philadelphia showing, look, what our city's name means, the city of brotherly love, we got a lot of it. All it takes is for us to have these moments, these moments, these golden moments where people get to see the unblemished side of our city, the beautiful soul of our city that makes our city a remarkable a remarkable emblem of hope and and goodness so i have to say this again a big shout out to the city of philadelphia's nfl home team the philadelphia eagles and in honor of doing that, well, let me first say, what you heard at the beginning of the show was John Cena, those who watch wrestling, Raw, okay? John Cena kicked it off for us when he came for Raw, which came to the city of Philadelphia. There was this big, this big main event, wrestling Raw, 
and it was in our city before <clears throat> the Super Bowl game, of course, weeks before, right? And John Cena kicked things off as far as us celebrating goes. He came to the city and he dedicated the song to the fans. He sung Fly Eagles Fly in the rink, the wrestling rink. All right? Had people standing on their feet, got us all hyped. Because you know how the city of Philadelphia is about raw and wrestling. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female. When it comes to wrestling in the city of Philadelphia, you get hype. So John Cena sings Philadelphia Eagles fight song. Fight, 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 okay? And gets us all hype and excited, right? And dedicates the song to the fans and says, is a shout out, you know, to all the Eagles fans. Super Bowl. He's in faith, believing our team's going to do it, and wants us to know, you know, fans stay hopeful. Your team will win, right? We're like, what? This is wrestling, and he's serenading the city of Philadelphia's Eagles fans and seeing our Eagles fan. Our Eagles team fight song. You can't get no better than that. I mean, that took our hypeness to the next level. And then, and then, of course, the Super Bowl game. All right. I don't know where to begin. There was just too many glorious moments. I know you were watching the game out there. I'm sure of it. I'm sure you were sitting on the edge of your seat to the very end. We're talking about the last two minutes of the game now. Fourth quarter. I'm sure. I'm sure you were on the edge of your seat. Nails were being bitten off. People were starting to bite their nubs, okay, at that point. We are concerned. We know Brady. We know the Patriots. We know they knew how to somehow still win at the end. So we are all nerves. We're ball of nerves at this point. We're sweating. We're sweating like a Sunday roast ham. I mean, Christmas ham or whatever. We're sweating. Bees of sweat just falling. Our palms are sweaty. Our shirts are soaking, okay? We are like, whoa, what's about to happen here? No, no, no. Yes! Yes! The turning point. Yes! Interception. Yes! We're in the lead, and it looks like we're winning. But we don't want to get our hopes high. There's still time on the clock, and we're like, this is Brady. This is the Patriots. Okay, the last two minutes. You get the two-minute two alert warning. All right, time is running out. Time is running out. What's going to happen next? Where are we? What's next? What's going on? Then the next thing you know, keep listening. Keep listening. Keep listening because you're going to like what you're about to hear. Keep listening.
That's what happened. The Philadelphia Eagles did not disappoint us. Once more, they have proven, they have proven to their fans why they're called the Eagles. Did not they soar. Did not they fly. Wow. The Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles. Awesome. The trophy presentation. Awesome. There's so much to talk about. Well, well, I just had to play back the Eagles NFC Trophy presentation ceremony. And, uh, of course, you were hearing uh, the owner of the Eagles. He was being congratulated. Now Doug Peterson, the uh, coach, and we know he has earned title coach of the year just on merit, on merit. His performance, okay, what he was able to do with the team to take them into 
the victory that we're celebrating. And yes, for the city of Philadelphia, we are getting ready for the Super Bowl 52 Eagles uh, parade because we're going to celebrate, celebrate. We're going to celebrate from 11 a.m. when the parade starts all to, what can I say, 11 p.m.? I don't think we're going to stop. We're going to take it from Thursday into Friday. We're going to do it all nighter. That's how our city does. When we get happy, we get happy. And you're talking about in the streets, it is going to be a parade to be remembered. Nobody, nobody has seen anything like this. Nobody. And I promise you this. I guarantee you this. It's going to be worth everything. Look, we've been waiting for this so long. People don't understand our passion. Oh, yes, that's right. We are very passionate. That is the truth about Philadelphians. When it comes to their home teams, we we will fight. We will die in battle on the battlefield if we must. We will. Okay, we don't take it light. No, no. And listen, I am very much a lady. I was a girly girl. And, yes, I grew up with three brothers. So, yes, sports, when it comes to sports and me and sports, I watched wrestling. I had fun, okay. Um, Didn't look like a typical tomboy because I was cute and wore the makeup and, like, the dress and skirts. But, yeah, when it came to sports, Yes, yes, that's when the sports fan came out of me, okay? And then you didn't see that quite little cutie, little um, delicate flower. You saw the lioness come out, okay? Okay, that's a, I'm working on it. Well, anyways, I have to say this. Because someone was asking me, who's your favorite Eagle player? Which player on the Eagles team is your favorite? Now, I have to admit this. I have to admit this. I must. My husband already knows. I have always had this Selleck. I don't know. It's this thing about Selleck. All right? I don't know. I just don't know. I can't explain it. I've always had this thing about Selleck in uniform and out of uniform, okay? Can't explain it. It's just, it is what it is, all right? Now, as for the team now, because we know there's a lot of young, new players on the team. Who is Save the Poets' favorite Eagle player? Hmm. I'm I'm, going to let you squirm in your seat. And try to figure that one out. <laughs> someone just, <laughs> someone just asked. <laughs> oh, someone just scorned me. A matter of fact, they said you wear all the jerseys of the old people like Dawkins, McCoy, and <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> I still got a lot of old jerseys. I've been an Eagles fan for a long time, people. Okay. Now, um. I like all of them. 
earth. I like earth. I like earth. I like Graham. Okay. Jahi, we know, right? Uh-huh. Um, Aguilar. Um, there's so many. So many I haven't even named yet. I'm going to say this. There's so many. Um, Clements. Oh, my gosh. Foles. You can't. It's hard to pick a favorite. I mean, this is the first Eagles team where I didn't favor one player over the rest. Even with the highlights of the game, I still say all of them. I like all of them. Um, These are young men with character. These are young men that go out and play with heart. That makes you as a fan like them. They play with heart, and and they're passionate on that field, and they're just as passionate off the field. They uh, do a lot of charitable things within their communities. Um, they're leading lives that are lives that you would want your son, for those that have have sons, or for those that don't have sons, but in the future you will. You would want your sons to pattern themselves after these young men. And they're young. Okay? These are young men that are just diligent. They're diligent about playing to win. I wish them all the best. My hope is that this win takes them over. That it takes them over over whatever uh, whatever their challenges are in life, because this win matters much to the world, not just Philadelphia. This win is bigger than just a win for the city of Philadelphia's Eagle fans. This win has done something so groundbreaking, so epic, so dramatic it's 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 done something so powerful for people in general in in America i think it's causing people to revisit revisit their standards their value systems what are your standards what what are your value what is your value system what does it consist of? That's what I think, because when you hear these men talk from the owner to the coach to the players, you hear a lot of character, good character. It comes out, and it comes out strong. And I think that's why they won so big, because whenever you have good vibrations, Positive energy, which is spirit, in your soul. It. A lot of people believe in the laws of attraction. Many people read the secret. A lot of people are spiritual, faith based in their principles. So you believe in sowing and reaping principle you know, which is a universal law, of course. What you send 
will come back home. What you sow, you're going to reap a harvest of. These are universal laws. And please excuse me again. I am recovering from whatever this flu is that's going around. And I do the show as I'm healing and getting better, also to inspire, because there's a lot of sick people right now. Some are in the hospital. I'm sending a lot of positive energy your way. I'm sending you good vibrations. I'm sending you positivity, spirit, good medicine. For those that have indigenous heritage, you know what I mean by that. Good medicine on your behalf, which is, of course, prayers of faith with hope, mixed, of course, with hope. Knowing the great spirit, the almighty, the creator, having the blessing of life, health, good health and strength, and sharing with you the power of renewed strength in honor of a full recovery. Because if we speak it, we shall see it. That is also as the law of attraction would say, you, gravity, your words are gravity. Also, your words have the power to attract. So note, if you speak good medicine, meaning if you speak health, that's what you're going to receive. Speak it now. I am healthy. Say it with me. I am healthy. I am recovering well. Say with me. Wellness is mine. I am of good health. And guess what? Your body is in sync with what you say. You may not realize it yet, but you shall see it. If you say it, believe what you say is true and hope to see it. You shall have it. Okay? It's that real. It's the truth. I'm not lying to you. I care about you too much to do that. So, people, that was soul food talk. That's what you need more of, especially when you're not well and you're sick and trying to have a full recovery. It's important that we get well, people. It's important that we stay well. Um, Another key thing, washing your hands. Please. Sanitizer gel, keep it on hand, of course, but wash your hands every opportunity you get. Whatever's in the air right now, whatever's transferring from bodies to bodies, a lot of people have been going into the hospital, coming back home, and going back into the hospital. This is not the time to forget good hygiene. This is the time to effectively execute good hygiene, hand washing all the time. You go from one room to another, you've got to do it. You're touching things, especially if you have a lot of people in and out, your home or at work, you're touching things. If you work with children and they're sick or whoever, viruses spread, transfer when a person sneezes and coughs. It's airborne from work. 
than just 24 hours, believe it or not. Some of these viruses mutate. Uh, there's various strands of the flu going around right now. Um, for those that have had their flu shots, you still have to take good care of you. It's important that you are doing what you should be doing. If you have to take medicine, by all means, in faith, do it. Um, and be clean. Make sure that you are cleaning everything. Change your toothbrush. As soon as you get the flu, as soon as you know it's the flu, change your toothbrush. Um, try and change it as often as you have flu and colds. Do not continue to keep a toothbrush after you know you've had the flu. Uh, get rid of it. Change it. You got a new one. Also, a mouthwash that works that will kill viruses in your mouth. Um, for those that are getting rid of the flu and coughing up mucus. Um, peroxide. Make sure you keep peroxide. Stock it in your house. Because eventually, when we're all quarantined and martial law goes into full effect, and I'm sorry to have to go there, but I will, um, you won't be able to go and buy as freely as you can right now. So it's better to stock up on water, bottles of spring water, have them in your basement, have them in storage. Uh, peroxide and kosher salt or peroxide and pure sea salt. Listen, peroxide and pure sea salt, warm water. That is a perfect mouthwash. Nix the Listerine and all that other stuff. Peroxide with raw sea salt or peroxide with kosher salt. That is a good, perfect mouthwash. Okay, it's a good oral agent mouthwash, all right? Mix all the cherry-flavored Listerine and mint-flavored. Listen, listen. You want mint? You go get raw herb plant mint. Chew it. Rinse it. Buy it from a fresh produce or a farm. Get the raw mint or grow your own in your house. You can start doing these things. Seriously, people, we've got to start doing these things. Our health matters. Even when it comes to celebrating, do you know it takes good energy and it takes good health to really celebrate the way you should? So let's be healthy all the time. Washing our hands is one of the surest ways to keep our bodies free of a lot of radicals and a lot of things that are just not healthy that can enter our bodies. A lot of bacteria, which is bad, okay? Um, another thing, it does matter, vitamin C, you've got to up your intake now. Um, eat a lot of citrus fruits, oranges. In particular, um, ladies and gentlemen, grapefruit, all of these citric foods, that vitamin C in them, that's what gives your immune system a boost, even to fight cancers off. Ladies, we're talking about women's health now. Um, your vitamin C intake, please eat more citrus. Increase your citrus intake. Yes, indeed. You can even do a fusion if you're cooking. Um, mix it in. Whether it's 100% uh, dry cranberries, mixing that in with your uh, stir-fry 
veggies and rice, and saute. Don't overcook your vegetables. Keep them still crisp. Steam them. Stir fry them with a pure virgin oil. Uh, mix with other things. Um, and your raw pure sea salt. <laughs> Our health matters. We want to stay healthy. We want to continue to to be in good spirit. So our health, our health matters. Again, vitamin C intake increase it. Especially now, there are people that are getting sick with pneumonia, getting sick with the flu. I have had the flu now. This is my second bout with the flu. This winter, I don't get the flu. I get a common cold. I get over it. The flu for the second time. And if anyone knows me, you know I am a consummate, conscious, health-conscious individual when it comes to cleaning, okay, cleaning the environments where I am, cleaning myself. Some people like to nitpick and say, OCD, OCD. I'm like, no, health conscious, yes. Okay, we've got to be this way. Um, And I'm the type of person I put my hands on my face and my mouth a lot. Listen, so you know, I carry my sanitizer, but I also wash my hands a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes, a lot of us are forgetting. Washing the hands is the best way. Get those germs off completely. When you wash, you scrub, scrub in between your fingers, on the palm, palm, palms, and on the back side. Scrub, scrub, scrub. Soap should go from your wrist, above the wrist, all the way down, and you rinse the same way. Yeah, just like the doctors and the nurses do. Yes, yes. That's the correct way to do it, people. You got to stay clean, clean hands, clean heart, okay? Because what goes on your hands gets into your body, and what gets into your body, if it's bad, it affects your heart. Clean hands, clean heart, physically and spiritually. Just wanted to, you know, do that health pitch because we're trying to stay healthy out here in 2018 with the flu epidemic nationally going around, and keep this in mind, people are dying, children, young people, old people. This pneumonia that's going around now, this flu and flu epidemic, it is resulting in many fatalities. So this is serious business. We got to get a little more diligent about our health, staying healthy, um, clean hands, clean heart, people, don't forget that. Um, Heart health matters, so we got to, yes, improve with our good hygiene practices. Keep our hands clean. Wash those hands, people. Wash those hands thoroughly. Yes, yes. Sud, not just soap, and a little bit of water and a little bit of soap. Nope, nope. Sud, sud, sud. Scrub, scrub, scrub. I do this with the little children. My day job, I work with the young people. Uh, so, yeah, we actually have a song we do. Scrub, scrub, scrub. Soap, soap, soap. Rinse, rinse, rinse. Shake, shake, shake. Before we get a paper towel, we shake, shake, shake over the sink. Germs come off that way, too. And then dry, dry, dry. Okay? Real important. These little things that you learn in daycare, kindergarten, people don't realize it. These are life skills. 
you know, to keep you healthy, to keep you healthy so that you can stay alive longer. Very, very important. Good hygiene practices. Don't forget those. Don't forget those things, people. All right, we got a caller from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Welcome. What's going on, friend, the sage poet? Oh, my goodness. Is this Mr. DSR? I can't fade. Yeah, long time no talk to. <laughs> my apologies. No problem. Being... I know you busy. No, let. You know, I haven't been uh, doing my own show on Tuesdays. That's another thing that throws me off, you know. Oh, okay. So, which, what, 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 what's. Which deterring you? You got some projects you're working on? Yes, I got something like a little outside of poetry. I'm okay. feeding off uh, it's a genre, mostly mostly horror. I'm trying to mess with it a little bit. Facebook almost messed oh. me up. Uh, this profile, they won't let me get back on. Some profile I created, yeah, they put me... Asking for my identification and not giving me my stuff back. What? Yeah, it is what it is. This is really bizarre. You're the second person who told me this. Yeah, they always don't. That's a writer, you know what I'm saying? I mean, is this some some sort of discrimination, fine line, uh, rules and regulations, some new stuff they're doing? it has something to do with promotions. If they see you uh, get a little too popular and whatnot when you're doing your own promotions. Oh, okay. Type of way, yeah. And they just cut you off. Well, I can believe that about you. You got like a million followers. <laughs> People like me, we envy them. We try to, you know, we try to build up a following. You got like a million. I'm like, whoa, he's doing it big. <laughs> I thank you for that. I I really don't have a million followers, but you know, recently people have been paying attention. You know, they kind of shocked me in the way I all these poets <laughs> from my woodwork. You know, those last three posts I did, they uh, they really extended their opinions. Oh, <laughs> well, hey, 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 you doing what you love? That's what matters. You're doing what you love, and everything will work out for you, my brother. I'm glad you called in, though. Um, yeah, we just talking about, I touched on, um, you know, this flu epidemic and an importance of good hygiene practices. Um, yeah, I just heard on the news there was a school teacher. She was sick. Um, she went in the hospital, and then they sent her home, and then she went back. I think they said two days she was home, and then she's back, sent back to the hospital and dies. Wow. Young woman. Yeah, that's crazy because they showed her picture and everything. Young woman teach second grade, second grade teacher, healthy. It wasn't like she had a preexisting medical condition. That's what's scary about this, this epidemic, this strand of flu going around. And they're just telling everybody, you know, right now, there's an epidemic here in America, North America. Um, you know, don't forget good hygiene practices. 
Um, if you haven't gotten the flu shot, get it. You know how they do every year. But they're saying this one is not just the flu, it's pneumonia, too, going around. And a lot of young children is dying from it. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. I know. I'm like, what is this? And, I mean, you know, we go through the flu season every year till March. You know, it's usually from this time, you usually tell us about sometime in November, getting close to December, till uh, March, you know. That's the time you got to really be careful, um, you know, up your vitamin C intake, you know, to yeah. help your immune system to be strong enough to fight, um, you know, this flu and whatever other, you know, viral. Because yeah. they're all like viral, you know, viruses um, yeah. that's going around. So, you know, I did my little uh, health tip pitch. And but tonight we basically focus it on, of course, I know you just as hype as I am, the Philadelphia Eagles bringing a championship home. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is like, wow, this is major. Well, I'm half and half on that, uh, Francine. I mean, I'm not, I haven't been watching football like that. For a while, I just happened to catch this one. You know, I Ooh. did catch bowl. I did see them win. But I just mm-hmm. didn't like the reaction with people in the street. Okay, yes, we need to talk about that. I'm glad you brought that out. Because I basically was focusing on the positive things, you know, the positive aspect of how it's bringing the city together, uniting communities, but we need to talk about what you just made mention of because this is significant and we need people to know there's a way to celebrate that's good and then there's a way that people celebrate that's not good. So can you, like, just, again, just express your feelings, emotions, and your thoughts, and thank you as well for calling in and sharing. All right, yeah, no problem. Uh, well, basically, uh, like a few family members, you know, brought this to my attention, how they came across people taking their clothes off in the reaction to the game that they were so excited. You took your clothes oh. off, jumped in, the, in front of traffic, mm. in front of their car. You know, they could have ran this person over, you know. Oh, my gosh. So that's dangerous. You got my family in the car. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. in the car with them at the time, but they were in the car, and, you know, they telling me what's happening. And I'm thinking, this is some crazy stuff. And then where I live, you know, all these uh, simple people, they shooting fireworks and all that. And mm-hmm. it's going crazy, you know. It that's is true. going crazy. And I see all this stuff on the news with – uh. It was a group of people. It looked like a convenience store or a Wawa type of store. Right, right. Yeah, and they was food fighting in the store. Oh, you no. Know. Yeah, you taking the store's products and you throwing all the stuff. I'm thinking this person is losing a lot of damn money. Right, right. Oh. You know, throwing that food around. Mm. That's so oh, crazy. No. I kept waiting to see what was the cops going to come, but 
I didn't uh-huh. see no police. And it was a mixture of black people and white people. I mean, mm-hmm. they, was, they were celebrating together. I mean, it looked like it was okay on that part as far as like right. a racial, yeah. racial standpoint, but for the business standpoint, you, y'all was pissing on that person's business. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. I'm glad crazy. you bring them out because we got to talk about this. This is not, that's not what celebrating is supposed to be like, period. I mean, come on, people. We got to do better at the city. Um, you know, when your team wins a Super Bowl, first of all, all eyes are on you uh, nationally. Uh, we need to think on those terms and remember we become an example to other states and other cities. And we should want them to see us at our best, not our worst. And and, and I thank you, Kane, for bringing up this because it needs to be addressed. And I just think uh, being a native-born Philadelphian, because this is a town I know, I've... Um, I was born here. I attended schools here. Yes, I've traveled, gone to other places, but when it comes to where I was born, where I was raised, it is the city of Philadelphia. And I'm proud to say that. Um, I've seen the city go through transformation um, from a variety of mayors being, um, you know, the people appointed and elected to run the city. I've seen a lot of positive changes occur here, and I've seen some negative uh, events happen. But when we're at a time of um, honor, and I think that's exactly what it is, when a team is receiving trophy, you're becoming uh, a champion uh, within an NFL sports and uh you have the trophy presented and it's announced you know you're the Super Bowl winner that's something big that's something major you want to highlight that moment with good responses you don't want to do things that's negative that's going to bring a negative stigma on the city um we're now being watched and and we have a parade forthcoming that's why we're taking out time and, and addressing this too we want all of the city uh, residents, the people who live in Philadelphia, to think about this. Um, all eyes are going to be watching us. It was made mention that this is even more, they're expecting more people here on Thursday than we had when the Pope was here. And, you know, when the Pope came to Philadelphia, you might as well say the city was shut down. Um, there were roads that was closed highways that was closed. You couldn't even go there. They had the National Guard here. The National Guard was walking the streets. Like the police, the city police walked the streets. And packing. I got scared. Me and my husband driving. The one guy came up to the car. We didn't know that road was was blocked off. He was like, you can't, you know, he had his gun and everything. It's like, you can't proceed any further. We're like, whoa, what's going on? It's like, no, we had to cut this street off. That street off, you know, we wasn't used to that military presence like that on the streets. But that experience when the Pope came was major for us. And a lot of 
I mean, they had people thinking about their souls and, and realizing, look, things that you do is bigger than you. You got to remember, you impact the universe. You impact the world by your decisions. And I'm just going to say this and put it out there to all the Eagles fans. We are supposed to set an example for America right now. Now they're calling Philadelphia America's team. We beat America's team, the Patriots. The Patriots had that title for a long time. And they're hurting right now because they had that title and they felt good about having that title. They had honor and dignity about having that title. Even though we know about the cheating, stuff that came out and all this and that, but they had a lot of dignity and honor about having that title. So fans, Philadelphians, come on. We need to have some respect. And we, too, should have a lot of dignity and honor about our team having the title. And the way we should conduct ourselves, come on now, this isn't Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras, you know, you take your shirt off, they they give you beads or whatever, okay? Louisiana right. has that certain time of the year, all right? Save all of that type of activity for Mardi Gras. This is a time where we should be dignified and celebrate with dignity, dignity, respect, self-respect, people. We can do this. Right. We can do this, and we should. And thank you, Kane, because, I mean, you're right. We got to talk about that and address that issue because that's, that's not the way we want to be remembered as a city. We don't want um, people reflecting on our our team winning and then saying, man, but that city, that town is much to be desired. You know, they right. they need to really work on, you know, their presentation, you know, their conduct and character. We don't, we don't want that kind of negative stigma. So, I mean, you know, we got a, a, a stigma already as fans. Yeah. You know, they say, you know, you know we are tough. <laughs> <laughs> a stigma. You know, we got that. <laughs> but, you know, now's our time to, to show our best side. And, and I know we can do it. We got a lot of good people in the city of Philadelphia. And I want to give a big shout out to the good people here in the city of Philadelphia because there's a lot of good people and a lot of businesses here. We don't want them leaving uh, behind people uh, going and going berserk because that's exactly what it is, going bonkers and deciding they want to smash glass windows that they know they don't have money enough to spend the pay for the repair of. It's, it costs thousands of dollars for glass windows. These these front front glass windows in stores that, that you know are, are X amount of square feet in length and height and width, and you got people that were sm- – I think it was Macy's was one of the main stores. Uh, windows got smashed. They showed light poles, traffic light poles brought down. I mean, this is ridiculous. Um, there will be charges. I did hear the announcement reported on the news. Um, they they are um, definitely going to capture the vandals responsible for doing that. And I just want to say to anyone out there, if you know someone that engaged in that kind of looting um, 
activity. Don't be afraid. Uh, snitch on them, please. Because, really, come on. Uh, that, <laughs> Wait a minute. Did you say snitch on them? Yeah, snitch on them. <laughs> snitch on them. Because, honestly, and I'm, I'm going to keep it real, that's just not cool. That's Sometimes that's good medicine for people. Getting caught is the best thing that can happen for some people. Um, because a lot of times they change their life after that because they realize that to every action there's a reaction. Uh, so when they reap a consequence, they know, oh, that was stupid of me. I'm not trying that again. So, yeah, snitch on them. Um, you know, for too long people are afraid to snitch, but I have to say there's a time when snitching is the best thing that can happen for that individual because they need a turning point experience in, in their life. Um, 911. They, they, <laughs> just 911. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the first time I actually even said that, Kate, and used the word snitch. <laughs> yeah, I caught that. <laughs> so I know I'm going to get, look. I know I'm going to get some hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me. I mean, there's certain times where you need to snitch. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. But, hey, it is what it is. But, again, I have to say big shout-out to the Philadelphia Eagles. They did it. They did it. I was checking out highlights of the game. I just she, I shared in the uh, chat room a link where people can see game highlights. I mean, we had a couple of really, really, they were glorious moments. Um, highlights of our team, just really everybody stepping up, stepping up their game, um, right. getting in that, you know, getting in that grind, saying we want this, we hungry. You know, we've been hungry. Um, they had a lot of options. What I love about it is, you know, they had a lot of challenges, you know, um, a lot of changes with the team. Um, oh, my gosh. And then Wentz uh, sustained the injury he had. That was a major blow. And Foles just stepping in and saying, you know, we got this. We as a team got this, you know. Um, he wasn't trying to, to be the golden boy per se. Um and everybody in the team playing like a unit. It mattered. It made the difference. And um, the coach seemed like they had everything was just the right chemistry for a win. The coach, the owner, everybody stayed positive. Everybody stayed hopeful. wasn't a whole lot of schisms going on within the camp or the team. Everyone just really kind of was on the same page. They were in sync. And I think that made it possible to clinch the victory. And um, they, they, they fought. They fought. And, and it's true. Like somebody was bringing to my attention, they said it's like the Rocky movie, right? You know, you had the underdog, and um, nobody expects the underdog to become the champion. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Of course. Who expected that? Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. underdog became the champion. Yes, indeed. Fighting Apollo Creed and all that. 
Right? <laughs> yeah, the oh, champion, he thought just because he was, you know, he was high standard, he was already out there, experienced, well-known, he'd been through all these fights. Exactly. not going to knock me off my throne. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. Yes, 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 that's right. You don't expect to see that. You just don't expect to see that. And that's what made the win just that much more spectacular because it's like the one that they thought wouldn't is the one that did it. Isn't that something? That's something. We're going to be talking about this for years to come. Man, that was awesome. I love it. Love how that played out. Sorry yeah, you know what's funny, though, uh, uh, friend. Now, uh, now what's funny to me is now my mother told me this. Now, okay. She told me uh, that the Eagles, the last time they won the Super Bowl was like right before she was born. And I'm like, wow, well, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think, well, that's, that was a while ago. And now right, they just... Right. Yeah, I mean, that's an extra long while ago. She would give me for that. Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, like how you put that. Before yeah. my mom was even born. <laughs> yeah. You talking about a long, long time back. Yeah. So it was about time then. This was good timing. I'm glad they did it. Hello? Yes, welcome, welcome. Hi. This is Larry B. Evans. How you doing? Oh, I am feeling mighty, mighty fine right about now. You know, we still on that high. Philadelphia is still celebrating. Uh, that Super Bowl Fifty Two championship victory. I'm a Dallas Cowboy and saying myself, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm actually, yeah. Um, here's the thing: as far as Super Bowls go. Um, actually, Philly never won a Super Bowl. It was like championship. However, I'm going to tell you why I was kind of pulling for Philly, even though I hate the Eagles. I was pulling, pulling for Philly uh, for two reasons. Uh, my best friend, Woodrow Banks, I don't know if he's going to call in way back. My, we've been friends for 25 years, going back to Norfolk State University. Um, he's a guy who okay. I fan. We were, we would go at it, especially with Tony Romo put him in McNabb out the playoff. You know, I couldn't get him on the phone. But, right. Um, he had a um, illness that I, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't want to bring that out. But he, he had some, you know, had some health issues. And all our Norfolk State families were coming together. And I said, for you, brother, I'm going to pull for the Eagles. And um, I don't like the New England Patriots even worse because Tom Shady is a cheater. And you inflate them bowls. I don't care where. And Donald Trump liked the New England Patriots. And get this, when the Patriots lost, then he wants to say something about Donald Trump being divisive. Oh, you lost and balls weren't inflated enough? What happened? <laughs> so, and, and then so he's a day late and a dollar short. Yeah, and, and, and then too, um, the NFC East as a whole is the only division in the NFL that has all four Super Bowl champions. Mm. I give credit to the Eagles. All right. I hate them, but I'm happy for them. 
you know, in a way. But we'll be back at it next year. Excellent. Well, you know, I got to ask you a question. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, you you just heard from Larry D. Edwards. He is a recording artist, R&B singer, uh, musician, um, been one for a very long time from his childhood. And um, he has a new release. And if he does, not mine, I would love for him to share a sampler of some of what we will be very privileged to hear when we buy and download his music that is available. And you can even um, share a little information about the songs or any particular song and uh, share how we can uh, download that music and then you can grace the mic with the sampler. And we thank you. And then I want to say hi to, we have some other poets out there. I just want to wave to you right now, but I will be inviting you to speak soon. Please uh, stay on the line and we will uh, invite you to speak in the order that your call came in. And thanks again, Mr. DSR. He's been on the line, sharing, giving a lot of good input and feedback. Love you much. Hey, no problem. And now I'm going to pass that mic to my brother, Larry D. Edwards. Welcome. Thank you. Um, Before I Mm -hmm. begin anything, I want to say thank you and big up to Ms. Francine That's all. I know I haven't been able to join the show in a while between performing and my work schedule is demanding, but I wanted to come show love and give y'all eager fans. No problem. I hate y'all sometimes, but I'm glad y'all won. But I want to say (laughs) shout out to you. Um, You have been very supportive to me over the years. And and, 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 and and I feel like you're a friend. You know, I feel like you're a fan. And you have shared my work. You have commented on my videos. You tried to find opportunities in the lovely Philly, uh, city, in the city of Philadelphia, which I do have family in. And yes, I, you I just do. want to take this time. Yeah. Um, I just want to take this time out to say thank you to you. And I might not have said said it enough in the past, but I do appreciate you, my sister, and I do this because of people like yourself that keep me going, because the road ain't been easy, you know, it hasn't been, but I I really appreciate it, and um, my music that's coming up, I have two projects, one, uh, my soul, uh, it's called Love Anthems, it's an EP, that's about Mm -hmm. to come out. And um, one of the songs that I'm about to release <clears throat> is called "Captivating," which I'm gonna I'm leave that. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give y'all something y'all kind of heard before, but um, it's coming out, and I want it to be a surprise. It's kind of me stepping up, I think, to another level as far as my music being a little bit more technical than what I put out. I plan on putting out a video. Um, this is basically an album that just wants to inspire people to love again, you know, and have fun and, and have company, have some wine and cheese and relax, go ah. to a theater, go, go to a, 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 you know, a picnic, family picnic. You know, I, I want to keep it family friendly because 
we I might get a little racy a little bit on a mixtape, but I want to bring that element back into uh I don't want to say black music because to me black music is music. Um but I appreciate music from everyone, no matter what color, race, or creed they are. But I want to bring that element back where you can sit back and say, you know what, I can jam to this. I can read a book to this. I could have a family picnic, and I don't have to worry about my grandmother getting offended if she, you know. <laughs> right, you know, right. I, I love worry that. About hearing any words, which, you know. I'm sure they wouldn't frown upon, but at the same time, I want to keep things in this proper perspective. But um, awesome. I, uh, I'll talk about a little bit later because I'm ready to do a little something for you, man, because you're a great one. I don't want to give away the sample, but I'm going to give you something you heard before, and it's actually okay. <laughs> good enough, good enough. Um, here it is. Hey, baby girl, look at his sweet thing. My heart is dancing on the wall from your loving. Girl, I just can't deny. You got me caught up in your sensual vibe. It's so good to have you in my world. You're a man's dream. Worth more than a diamond, more valuable than a pearl. Got me back in the game. I thought I was through, and I owe it all to you. Owe it all to you. You got me falling in love with you, baby. You got me falling in love. With you, with you, and all my people, an exceptional stripper. That's Falling in Love. You can download it at ReverbNation.com forward slash Laurie. Free download. I'm going to say the love anthems for uh, a surprise because I don't want to give it away just yet. I mean, (laughs) uh, But, um, yeah, it's, it's coming, and, you know, I'm going to get in line, you know, too, with the poets, because I got, I got some race here. I got, I got a poem called Revolutionary Erotica. I think that's oh, what I called oh. it. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, listen, well, listen, listen. You, know, the, you know, the 13th, which is next Tuesday, we doing our um, Eros Night in honor of Valentine's Day. So you definitely got to call us back again. On next Tuesday, and, and spit. yeah, yeah, it's all about love yeah. next Tuesday. Oh, I got you, because uh, I'm actually performing here in Long. Well, not here, because Long Island is on the other side of the water. Oh, okay. They show uh, Valentine's Night in Long Island in the farming area, in the farming area. So, those listeners, if you happen to be in New York or live in Long Island or plan to be in Long Island for whatever reason. Come out, hit my page, Larry D. Edwards, uh, post it in there. You know, I'll be there. And then I will be making my way to Philly soon uh, by way of uh, a special connection you made up. Uh, uh, Mr. Phil oh, cool. is also a uh, promoting networking guru, and I appreciate you, man. All it is is Listen, I'm excited because uh, um, it's the perfect venue for you. 
because this is the one I know they have Tony Terry coming there on next. Uh, no, matter of fact, it's on this week on this. Uh, I know. I wish I could have made it. My schedule was booked up, but uh, I don't think Yeah. I haven't been to Philly since I was a baby. Stop it. So, oh, yeah, you're going to love Philly, especially now. Philly's turning back into that, I would call it a music mecca again, where a lot of artists that are uh, musicians, vocalists, entertainers, period, are just coming back. Here, home, home to Philly, doing movies here, videos. Um, a lot of things are coming back to life, too. We had the Divine Lorraine Hotel coming back to life. A lot of people remember the hotel from uh, Music Soulchild's video, Love. Um, he did a shot mm-hmm. inside it, and on the roof, this is before all the renovations. Now that that hotel is back to life, and that is definitely a landmark in the city. We got oh, the Met man. reopening, just a whole lot of hot spots here. And uh, Temptations, yes. Oh, People, wow. I'm telling you, that's the place. You, If you're really a true artist and you want to perform and you want an audience uh, to get hold and catch one to your music vibe and, and what you have to offer musically, you definitely want to perform there. It's, it's a hot spot attracting a lot of people. They have a new CEO, Covington Frazier, who I know personally, and he's taking it to the next level. So anybody that really wants to get discovered, you got to come out Temptation, Germantown Avenue. It's so rich. It's just, I look at the cities. Uh, you have to understand, I lived in three, four different cities. I lived in Richmond, Virginia. I lived in Norfolk. I lived in Washington, D.C. I live in New York now. And the cultural uh, perspective as far as African-American music in all of those cities, especially Baltimore, performed there too. It's so rich. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I love the culture. I love to travel. Uh, there's a part, I don't know if you've ever been to Richmond, Virginia, but they showed me a hotel uh, where James Brown performed at in Richmond, Virginia. That oh, like, <laughs> oh yeah. Not, <laughs> yeah. And there's a spot in Richmond called the Old Hippodrome. You know, mm-hmm. we got a broad, we got a broad street too, and it's just all like, right. I feel like I'm about a grill. It. Yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm a grill man because I've walked through so many areas of life. You know what I mean by choice, mm-hmm. and I've been blessed to sustain. You know what I'm saying, having a career as a teacher, and you know now I do legal work now here, but I'm interested. And, and just soaking up all the culture of all these African American cities, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh yeah. And so you you're more people. of the historian buff, along yeah. with the musical talent yeah. and um, artist. Yeah, I study I study classical music. Um, a lot of people don't know this, and maybe I shouldn't say it, but it's kind of funny. Um, do you know what a castrato is? Say that again. Are you familiar with the term castrato? Or castrato, I think that was the proper term. Mm, I know. <laughs> well, uh, I was a music major. I studied this. And back then, uh, some people may frown upon this, and the other community might love this. They, okay. in Rome, I think it was in Rome, they used to remove the... 
try to fuck uh, the 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 children, the boy children, and make oh. them think that they high octave. I did hear about that, but I didn't realize the word castrato. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah castrato. Castrato. Yeah, so wow. they called them castrados. And I was like, when I read this, now keep in mind, I don't want to offend anybody in the LGBT <laughs> community, but you got to understand, I was 18 years old when I studied this. And I'm like, what? Wow. No. And that was Rome, right? <laughs> that was either Rome. Yeah, it was Rome or Greece. One of those countries. Or Greece, okay. <clears throat> Yeah, but they would cut, you know, that was doing um, the time when they were, you know, doing the classical, you know, music type thing at that time. And they were called castrados. They had little boys that were singing high octaves like little girls. The reason why I bring it up is because of the story. It's, it's good to know certain things so you can understand, like, I had you know, high octaves, but don't get me wrong, don't get the game twisted on other levels. I'm not going there, but you know what I mean. But right, I do it right. for a certain field. Like you had like the shy lights and guys that used to sing. Yeah, yeah, the old because, school, right. Yeah, I didn't really discover my falsetto until my senior year of college when I was just practicing because mm. I was straight baritone, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But I like to do it to create a field. You know, I was oh, okay. a whole whole song doing it, but you know, I like to do it just to be like the oh yeah, gotcha, okay, boom, and bring it back down. But just to let people know of the historians, but a lot of people don't understand in African culture when we do the when I do the call and response, they used to do chants. Right, the call and response. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that's just a little bit. You know, I could take up all day just saying that. No, this is good. This is history, and that's that's good. Even with this being Black History Month, nationally acclaimed as such, because we know Black History is 365 days. We celebrate (laughs) our our heritage. But um, it's good to have this dialogue. And even as far as Rome, we have some children today that are part of the Philadelphia Boys Choir. And that is mm-hmm. the octave that they sing, that high soprano um, octave yeah. that most mm-hmm. would relate to female singing. That They sing that, and it's a constant with all their songs, pretty much. But, um, yeah, I'm glad you touched on the history. I never, re- I never knew the term associated with the, um, the, the story. I remember hearing the story of that happening. Um, over yeah. in Europe, yeah. Yeah, that they would remove their, they would remove their, their manhood, <laughs> you know. Right. And they would sing, they would sing because they don't have their manhood, you know. Yeah, I mean? so that would be like, what is it, the gonads, the testicles were removed from the men? You still had your penises, uh, but the testicles yeah. were removed, which caused them uh, to shrink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It, 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 that, that was removed. Also, what I want to tell you, and anybody listening from New York, don't get mad. The major aspect of hip hop culture does come from New York. Yeah. If you want to get deeper, <laughs> but if you want to get deeper, yeah, this year that it comes straight from Africa all the way up into James Brown, and even before James Brown, Cab Calloway used mm-hmm. to scat 
and Kay Little That's Wine right. Rose, Sally Bell sat on this. So you had a lot of cultural conditions that came from the South. They would say little rhymes over jazz beats. Mm-hmm. You know, you had Cab uh, Calloway, you had other people, you know, even before the last poets, and then James Brown, you know, turned it into something else, and you know, with whatever he did. So if you really want to be technical, hip-hop, you know, started to grow in the motherland when they would do chants and call in response. And then when you hear the call in response in church, and then you heard it in spirituals before church, and then you would right. call them response even with hip-hop. So all I'm saying, I'm bringing all this up to say that us as African-Americans have a very rich history that we want to try to regionalize and marginalize to a certain area, and it's way deeper than that. <clears throat> the sounds of Philly, um, very much African. The sounds of Washington, D.C., where I live, go-go music, and for those of you who are familiar with go-go music. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's start with EU in the butt. Okay, listen to the Congo and the progressions of the drums. That was very much African. And I think mm. that most people need to start embracing their heritage and understanding that we come from a very rich history. We just happen to be, be migrated in different cities where we have different ways that we do things. But at the end of the day, it's all together, you know? And that's why I can't wait to visit Philly because, like I said, I haven't visited Philadelphia since I was a baby on the train. And you know, you got to, you definitely got to take a trip to the um, uh, Kenny Gamble's. It's on Avenue of the Gamble Art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to go to his uh, spot there. Yeah, that's where you'll see all the music legends from Motown and Philly Motown. Uh, their their awards. Um, you know, you'll be able to, it's like a little museum he has, his um, shop there, and um, hopefully he'll be in town when you come, and maybe, because uh, I know Covington can make that happen for you, where you'll get to meet with him and talk with him and everything, visit his studio that. there on Avenue of Art. <laughs> my mother would have left my father to study Pentecost. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. But I don't want to pick up, you know, too much. Well, thank you. Hey, I thank you for calling in. Um, are you planning to be at the parade on Thursday? Oh, uh, no. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, you're not scared to come, are you? Because of what you saw on the news no. the other night, you know? It was just it was oh, just no, a few no, knuckleheads no. that did that. Yeah, listen, no, um, you know, afterwards. Oh, okay, got you. Yeah, it is. A lot of people are. When the Dallas Cowboys decide, when Jerry Jones decides to just shut the hell up and let the team do what they do, I'll be in the Mm -hmm. Dallas Cowboys parade, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) See, you're a Dallas Cowboys fan. We got to get you off the phone now. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> we coming next year. We gonna get our bowl again. We still got more Super Bowls Yeah, Ooh. we gotta stay. As long as we talking about music with you, it's good. But you know, you you ain't really loving us Eagle fans like we love I our love, Eagles. I, I, I love y'all for beating the Patriots and Tom Shady. You love us for beating the Patriots. I got you. <laughs> yeah, Billy's man. Yeah. 
But I can say <laughs> one thing about Philly before I go. I will mm-hmm. say one thing about the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I will give it. Michael Vick, y'all already knew his problems. They gave him. Oh, okay, time. yeah. That's right. Jerry Jones, and this is what has me in, that, in the crossroads with the Cowboys right now. He said that he would fire anybody that didn't stand for the national anthem, and you know I take issue with that. Mm-hmm. They, Michael Vick, got a chance, and they tried to, you know, over some dogs. I'm not going into that. They gave him a chance. Donovan McNabb, I wish he could have been there to get, you know, to get a Super Bowl. Yeah, he wanted that. Yeah, Andy Reid, you know, was a great coach for giving Michael Vick a shot. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I appreciate I don't know why they won't give Colin Kaepernick a shot. He didn't kill his dog or animal or anything. But I hear you. I will will give Philly that much respect, you know, for for giving Michael Vick and, and opening him up with lungs and stuff. All right, all right, thank you. Much love shown to Philadelphia on behalf of Larry D. Edwards, recording artist, ladies and gentlemen. He just wanted to stop through and, and spread some love and good cheer. We thank him and looking forward to supporting him when he comes to Philadelphia to perform. Thank you. Thank you for calling in tonight. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be in line with the poets. I got a full place, but I'm going to expect that. Oh, okay, hang on. Yeah, hang on there. We're getting close to that hour. We're getting close to that time. Um, I want to say we got Dark uh, dark Joy Child on the line. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Good evening. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm kicking, kicking uh, the flu in the butt right now because <laughs> the flu was trying to get me down and everything. I'm still Love celebrating. Here. What are you taking for it? Good question. I just um, started taking NyQuil. I do that at night, but during mm-hmm. the day, I'm doing the natural stuff. So, okay. Yeah, because I don't do the flu shot. That's out no. for me. I don't believe in that. But, no. um, yeah, I do believe in the natural way is the best way, so I'm definitely not promoting over-the-counter medicine on the air to anyone, but I find for the night, because it helps me with decongestion, um, that NyQuil works. And oh, Mr. Cole, I want to step in and tell you something. Hello to the other poet, by the way. Um, Hi. As far as, hey, as far as the flu, this helps me every time. Um, Actually, that's take what some I was about to do. <laughs> take some Theraflu sometimes. Theraflu mm-hmm. at, at night, right? Not too night much medicine. At night. At night, and you do the flu, right? Then when you get up in the morning, uh, somebody put me on to this. Put some lemon in your orange juice, right? Just just drink the orange juice with the lemon or take a lime and drink it. Now, if you like to indulge every now and then, take some mm-hmm. vodka and orange juice. You vodka know what I mean? and orange juice. Vodka and orange juice. <laughs> My college professor told me this. Oh, if you don't crazy. have to go to work in the morning. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, see, I didn't work then. I was a college. Well, I did work, but I was a college student, so I could do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So on the weekends, take a little vodka, orange mm-hmm. juice, and spread okay. some lime in it. Who is this? And rest well. Sorry <laughs> <and> so <forth. laughs> 
Hey, that sounds like a tonic right there. That's that's a that's a real tonic, ladies and gentlemen. We're trying to get well fast. You will sleep really well. The most important thing is rest. <laughs> or, you know, you can take the what you call that? Uh what, what is that? Um I forgot it, Lord. You, you you put it in stuff. It's just really bad. Let me help you, you brother. <laughs> what you do is you get some ginger root about the size ginger of root. your thumb, a piece that is the size of your thumb, and you peel mm. it, and you put it mm. on a cheese grater, and you grate it into a pot until it's a little pulp. Or if you got it like that, put it in the food processor and make a pulp out of it. <laughs> you put it in a pot. You put the juice of about four lemons, a little bit of lemon rind in there. You want to have at least Ooh. a half a lemon in there so that you've got some of the rind coming in there too. But it's oh, the juice okay. of the four lemons, right? Right. So I had the citrus and the ginger. You let it boil with the lid on it until it reduces. Mm-hmm. It's going to turn kind of brown because of the ginger It kind of cooking with the lemon. Add more water. Add some lemon if you like. This is about the time you want to add honey to see how you want it to taste. I add a little bit of cayenne pepper. I had the flu two months ago. Right. And I kept it for two days. And my whole Mm. office, they catch it back and forth. And I, I mean, you can see my Facebook post where, like, I cannot believe I caught this. But I only had it for two days. Yeah, so anyway, days. So wow, that's record breaking right there. You, Thank you, you boil for it down until it reduces, and once okay. it reduces down, so that it's it's like it's going to be brownish, but it's going to be very very strong with the ginger. What I okay. used was Jack Daniel's Tennessee Fire when I wanted to. Oh, I see. There you go. See, Jack Daniel's Tennessee I Fire. I put Jack Daniel's. It's got cin- It's a cinnamon whiskey. And I poured it in while it was hot. If I'm trying to sleep, I put a shot of that with a glass of this tea Mm. and then drank it down and went to sleep. You sweat so much. Shot of it. Yeah, you gotta sweat. Oh, right. The sweating. That's it. Because you gotta sweat. sweat. I love this. I got an immune system from hell because I can't tell you the last time I've had the food. I've had cold. That's what I do for a cold. I can't uh, tell you I caught the flu. So what I do for a cold, I you know, grandma, my my father used to take steaming boiling water and put it by my bedside when I was a child, and the uh, steam would like break my congestion. So all kinds of things. Natural. You ain't got to right. do a whole lot of drugs or whatever. You know what I mean? So we say the same thing. So it's just in a different context. But again, I haven't had the flu in. I can't even tell you when the last time I've ever had the flu. My immune system must be really strong. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's good. You know, I work, and I didn't have a car until last year, so thank you, public transportation, for exposing me (laughs) to every every strand of everything. People cough out into the open air. It's like, Jesus, I'm in San Francisco. Okay, try public transit in New York. Well, there's all kinds of germs in Washington, D.C. Oh, my. And I haven't caught a flu. 
People are calling me whatever, and I still have not caught the flu. I don't want to catch the flu. I don't know what it's like. I think I've been having it since I was a child. My uh-huh. system, I don't know what's going on with me. Okay, I don't mess around and become the next healer. <laughs> All right, don't, don't scare me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just like to try it, y'all. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut <laughs> I'm gonna shut up, y'all. I'm gonna let her do everything. But I well, hey, I'm thankful. Thank you both. Thank you, Laurie, and thank you, um, poetess Dark Joy Child. This I'm is sorry, awesome. Sylvia Blaylock. Oh yes, oh, Sylvia, Sylvia Blaylock. Sylvia, thank you, Sylvia. How you gonna fool me like that? Hello. <laughs> Sylvia Blaylock. How you gonna fool me like that? You tell. Me. Call yourself Dark Poet? What? No, my my name is Dark Joy Child on a lot of other forms, and that just happens to be uh, my login for Talk to You. Oh, okay. You're okay. terrible. You're <laughs> yeah, that's what I man. see on my switchboard here. So I... <laughs> Beautiful. I'm gonna shut up and let uh, Dark Chocolate Poet. Is that your name? You're so funny. Dark Joy Child. <laughs> Dark Joy Child. <laughs> you know, hey, I just sing happy birthday to her, man. How could you fool me? Oh, my You're God. Terrible. He sang happy birthday to me. Awesome. Wait a minute. Is today your birthday? To no, my birthday. He could do it again. But, no, my birthday was last night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was I sat here and was like, wait a minute, where's my champagne? And I was I hosted a show for right. and sure enough, I poured myself a glass of champagne, okay, go, and muted myself. I'm like, oh, this is the best damn birthday ever. Wow. Man. Well, many, many, oh, wow, many more to come, many more happy Birthdays, birthdays to come, and best wishes in the upcoming year ahead to you. Thank you so much. I'm going to shut up, and I want to hear Sylvia do a poem or sing, so I'm going to shut up. (laughs) Well, you know, we're we're definitely in for a cheat tonight because I told everybody to bring their love and their poetry about victories, poetry inspired by victories. And, um... So anyone that wants to, we're going to hear some poets. We have a caller from U.S. Virgin Islands. Welcome. Hey, good night, good night, Francine. They're saying, hey, look, man, my signal is kind of bad. So oh, again, okay. I, uh, yeah, hey, I'm glad like, you called in. Um, peace and yeah, blessings. Yes, I likewise. Man. How's the weather in the Virgin Islands tonight? The weather is very nice, but... It's a little cold, but I guess compared to you, I would be pr- pr- pretty much um, kind of warm and all, about 70, 70 <laughs> Oh, yeah, we wish we had some of that air coming our way right now. <laughs> yeah. It's actually you 70 bet. here, too. Oh, that's yeah. right, San Francisco. Yeah, you're you're warm. Yeah, man. <laughs> I know San Francisco well, man. My thanks with you for sending on that kind of cold weather to us. Because when it's it cold up there, it comes here eventually, you know, after a little while, you know, the, the, the You know, so. and we usually have the fog, and for some reason, we're having 70-degree weather in the winter. Different. Wow. <laughs> Different. I call it the eccentricity. Yeah, I, so. I hate people in California. 
I hate you. I'm freezing cold you in New York right hate now. Us. You yeah, got 70 degree weather. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's unusual. I mean, honestly, it it was just 50 degrees last week. This it makes no sense. Mm. It's never this hot. Every day has been a record <laughs> for wow. the last week. This is how weird. did you get 70 degree weather? In December and January. And we're freezing here in New York and on the East Coast. Uh, yes, uh, I, I, I feel and we're snow. <laughs> well, I have a piece mm-hmm. that I would like to do. Uh, that's oh. the theme, actually. All right. I'm going to mute the mic temporarily just so no uh, background noise is heard while we're listening. And ladies and gentlemen, you are now hearing Poetry Live on episode 201 of the Exceptional Civil Show. And the poet in the spotlight, poetess in the spotlight is Sylvia Bullock. She's calling in from San Francisco, California. And let's receive her in love as she spits her truth. Thank you. The name of this piece is Blueprint. Today, I claim victory. My life is a success story, and I'm in it to tell it. It has been no easy journey, but I can tell you of some for whom it has been more hard. I could tell you stories. We all know them. Sojourner, Harriet, Nat, Mavis, John, Raymond, Martin, Malcolm, Oprah, Barack, you, me. We know the stories. We are living them right now. I am a poet, and I can tell you stories, but that is not what has stirred my pen. You see, mountaintops are tricky things. If you aim for it and make it, what do you do next? Take selfies and back down. Mountaintops are finite. At some point, you reach them. We are no longer looking for a mountaintop. We are preparing to swim the middle passage of time. That is not a finite process, but an ongoing one, one in which that which heals is also preventive. I know with all my soul that we are entrusted to bring about the healing. We are called upon to address the broken places and heal them by all means necessary. We are asked to do more than endure. We must overcome our obstacles with the empowerment to know that we are enough and we are then some, as much for each other as for ourselves. I claim my victory. Claim yours. And that's that. Oh, oh my God. Wow, that is a powerful, powerful Positive affirmation. Love it. In the form of a poem. Oh my gosh. I'm speechless. It says so Anyone much. Anyone want to jump in? Give some comments here. It says, it says so much. Okay. It says so much, those words, man. Yes, that's Skysky Rio. Sylvia Skysky mm-hmm. Rio from U.S. Virgin Islands. Hey, 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 hey. Hello. Doing, it's a pleasure to meet you. Sylvia, San Francisco. Yes, I might be worse on up in person. I like it. 
They liked it a lot. It, it touched your soul. Ooh wee, yes. Thank that you. Might. Yes, sir. <laughs> Julia, Julia, I love your poetry. And All right, Molly Edwards. Elegant, you have a lovely, elegant voice to go with it. I will be real, man. Some poets spit. They have a nice piece. And the voice is just like, but your voice alone. And I know you're a singer. It reminds me of Phyllis Hyman, who is a Philly native, right? Yes. Mm. Oh, yes, our songbird. You, you have, like, this Phyllis Hyman type poetic vibe. And it's like, I'm going to be real. She had a, some songs that I would love. And there was one song that I didn't like by Phyllis Hyman, but she captivated me so much with her voice that she made me like it. Like, your voice has this alluring tone that when you can speak high, and it's just like, I see why Joe, the verbal mind dances up there, wherever he is. But your words, the poetry, is a deadly combination, and I loved it. I loved it. It was awesome. I mean, the complexities of it. It was just so, like, real and daring. And, man, I don't want to bore y'all with words. Look, your piece was fat, your voice was fat. P H A T. Wow. I know that's right. Thank you very much. Powerful. We have a caller from, okay. Oh, they're going to call back. Well, I just want to say personally, thank you so much for honoring our ancestors whom were freedom fighters in that piece. Um, And our current elders within the community, whom are the forerunners who paved the way for us, we who fight for justice in this era, and for those who are yet to be born, whom will fight for justice in the next era. So I'm telling you that it was it was paying honor and paying tribute to the honorable. You did that in that piece. You named Oprah Winfrey. You named uh, President Barack Hussein Obama II. You named so many powerful people whom are people of color whom have impacted the world. And I commend you on doing that. That's not an easy thing to do. And um, even there was the one part in that poem where you touched on uh, the the manner in which we are using water to navigate a passageway um, to promote freedom. Uh, if you could re restate those lines, because that was just really powerful. I had a visual when you were reading that, when you were reciting that part. And okay. I just would love to hear it again. Mm-hmm. Going right back to it. Doot, doot, doot. Go right back to it, baby. I am a poet. I can tell you, ah, wait a minute. You see, mountaintops are tricky things. If you aim for it and make it, 
what do you do next? Take selfies and back down? Mountaintops are finite. At some point, you reach them. We are no longer looking for a mountaintop. We are preparing to swim the middle passage of time. So that, was it. that was it. We are no longer looking for a mountaintop. We are preparing to swim the middle, the middle passage of time. That's powerful right there. That's an evolution. You're talking about evolution. We're we're moving forward. We're advancing. Like we're not recycling the same uh the same steps that it took for those who paid the way for us. We're not going backwards. We're referring or we make reference to what they achieved, but we're moving forward now. It's a new, you know, yeah, I love that. I'm going to tell you something. We are preparing to swim the middle passage of time refers to the fact that right now, this mm-hmm. generation that we are, we are about to put our hands on the acts that will reverse the negative effects of racism and slavery in this country because this conversation can't be put back down in our That's lifetime. Right. It will not be put back down in my lifetime. There won't be That's a, okay, right. we're all just going to go back to not talking about it. Those days right. are over. Right. So we really are about to swim backwards in time on the Middle Passage. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where my mind was, is that we are about to attempt to or get ready to, we are putting our hands on the acts that will reverse the negative effects of racism and slavery in this country. And it's us, the writers, the ones that have been working so hard, we've stayed away from our our mics or our pens and we picked them back up. We didn't just come as dewy-eyed artists that we started out as. We had hard knocks to talk about with these gifts we were given. And I don't think we would have had them if we hadn't gotten knocked on our face a few times. We, we right. the people in this room and the people that I've met in the poetry community, everybody is recovering from some serious shit. It's a miracle we lived through crack in this fucking community. That's right. Oh, my God. You know? You ain't lying. (laughs) Every time I say it, it's like, girl. The Middle Passage, (laughs) the Middle Passage, that was quite a mighty statement. The Middle Passage. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? I believe that there are, while we are watching what's Mm -hmm. happening, uh, with uh, the theatrics, mm. there are things that are happening in on a community level where the people that are in your own group, mm. the hard conversations are starting to happen. Your white friends are starting to have to say some shit or hear some shit mm. that maybe in the 20 mean? years. Yeah. I don't even know that middle ground is the right phrase for that because, uh, you know, I was explaining to someone about Bernie Sanders saying that everyone should have an equal share of the pie. 
And my response to that was, first give me my pie, and then we can divide up your pie. (laughs) I love it. How are you going to give me equal shares of a pie? You owe me a whole pie. So, you know, a lot of what's going to happen is us building our own, but it is the releasing of the, the... there's some own – we are owed, and then we have ownership that we need to to be able to take responsibility for and mm-hmm. not on the terms that are set for us because we have other mm-hmm. needs than the ones they're trying to impress upon us. Mm-hmm. We have Thank you to do as a people, and well people keep saying, you know, there, uh, I don't get me started. I'll take over your damn show. I appreciate you. Yes. Thank you. Balance between. Uh huh. What's the truth? Balance. Yes. We are absolutely in such a place right now. I would say that. Since I went to Poetry Fest in 2016, I met people online, and then I got to go to uh, uh, Atlanta and meet the poet in person. Wonderful experience, and I'm going back this summer. But from that time until now, people have lost their homes. They've lost their, their like, family members. There have been so many tragedies and so much hardship that, it's, you know, shows have disappeared. People have had to really dig in to help themselves. I, you know, I got a job in July after not working for a year. Right. And the first thing I saw is that we are all really spiritually targeted right now. Not that there's someone that's doing it, but there is clearly a push that we must get through some hardship or we're just not going to make it. That's right. And I think rather than being stuck there, if we can help, we should, but the pushing to get through it is vital now because we've got information to impart and we've got jobs to do. That's you right. Know, the, there are things, the reasons that it's, these hardships are happening, you know, exactly. rather than why me, it's what are the mechanisms of what's happening with us? Let's put our pins to it. We've got work to do. That's right. Work that to put do. Me in mind of, I just want to share this, and this is uh, Host Sage the Poet, and I'll be right to the next voice that I heard. Was that Laurie speaking? Yeah. Okay, I'll be right with you. I just want to impart um, a confirmation statement. Uh, there was a poem that I had written some years back entitled The Black Pearl. And a lot of people, uh, the black pearl is understood to be the unique pearl. And there's a lot, there's a whole story behind um, as far as, it's estimated worth and value. But what a lot of people fail to focus more on about it is the process of how that black pearl is made. Mm -hmm. And so I took out some time. I reflected on the the dark past of the African-American or the black American 
here in North America, all of the um, horrors, because there are actual journals that were written by slaves that in the libraries in some some states, you have to have a special card to access and read these documents. But there's actual journals that slaves wrote. And the things that we saw in, in, in film, like in Roots, and they don't even scratch the surface of a lot mm-hmm. of the pain and the tragedy and, and the hurts and the turmoil, absolute turmoil that many of the African, and not all were from Africa, they were native here, but because of their black skin, they were subject to concentration camps. A lot of people don't know that a lot of the Native Americans were on the concentration camps first before Germany decided, Auschwitz, Germany decided that they wanted to uh, take European Jews and enslave them and have them in concentration camps. The first concentration camps were right here. They called them reservations, and they were black-skinned Native Americans that were put in these camps. But what a lot of people don't realize is the true story of our glory. We are the real black pearls. And um, Hitler himself, there was a journal where he wrote in it, and he decreed this. He said the blacks are the true chosen people. Do you know what that is saying? Somebody knew the truth, but they... They dared us not to read to know it. That's why I always challenge every child I come in contact with, I tell them, you read a book a day. Don't let no thing, nothing stop or interrupt you during your time when you're reading. Because that's the very thing that they did not want you to be able to do. Because they knew if they could hide something in a book, during the time when we were not privileged and allowed to read, then they could prevent us from being all that we can be. And I always encourage a child, no matter what your goal is, how big you dream, never say, I can't. You never know what you can't do until you've tried it. So we've got to realize we have a glory in us. We have a glorious, triumphant spirit in us. But if we don't nurture it and we don't educate our minds and we don't take out the time to know our heritage, we fail us. And it's not our time to fail us. It is our time in this era to succeed and remember your success is not yours alone. You share it with the community. You belong to your community. It's like a tree with roots. If you remove or detach, if a tree detaches itself from its roots, that tree going to sure enough die. And the same holds true about you. If you detach yourself from your rich heritage, which is the soil by which you are nourished, you cannot grow and live. And they know it. That's why they don't want you to know your heritage. They don't want you to know the truth about who you really are, it is up to you and I to decide, look, I'm going to know what they don't want me to know. I'm going to learn what I should know 
And I'm going to transfer that knowledge to the next generation. Whether you do it music, whether you do it via art, whether you do it through whatever outlet and form of expression you can, make mm-hmm. sure the message is clear. Educate the youth and rich, the next generation, because they are the ones to carry the legacy on. It's our job. It's, it's our true. job. We expect our enemy, like the saying goes, if you let your enemy tell you who your enemies are, and I believe it was mm-hmm. the Sada Shakur that declared this, if you allow your enemies to tell you who your enemies are, you will never know who your friend is. It's important to know our enemies. It's important to know the game that's been played because they've been playing it. They never stop. And it's that's important to, to, to win the game. Win the game. That's right. That yeah, you, you talking some real stuff right there, friend the sage poet. Hey, this is, look, I, I, I got to pay tribute to Sylvia Bullock, that piece, that piece, that spoke volume. That's a powerful piece. Now, I'm going to ask you, do you have that in a book? Is there a book right now that we can purchase where that piece is published in, or do you have the piece not published at this time? Can you kind of give us a from That piece is the title piece to my new book, um, Blueprint. I do have a book that awesome. is out. It is Uprising, a book of poetry, and it's available um, not autographed on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. If you want it autographed, inbox me and I will invoice you. Oh my gosh! Are you able to post that information? We do have an event page. Okay. If you don't mind, when you have the time, and also when we have our fan page to this radio show, which is. The Exceptional Scribble Show on Facebook. If you just type in The Exceptional Scribble Show, it should show mm-hmm. right up. If you can just share that information, I will make sure it's shared on various other pages. Um, Thank you. But this is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> Thank you. This is, a, you know, yes, it, it was, thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure. You're very welcome. And um, I will be in touch with you because I will. I will be honored. I would be honored to have you on as a guest, as a feature artist in the spotlight for one of our upcoming shows in March. I definitely want to have you on the interview and help promote that book. Yes, indeed. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I, I actually started typing scribble. I believe I've looked you up before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. It's like, pop right up. Okay, well, I'm going to mute myself, and thank you again. You're very welcome. I want to move on, and we'll be back to Laurie Edwards. We'll be back to Skyski Rio. Uh, We have a caller from Georgia. Welcome, caller from Georgia. Hey, Auntie. Hi. Hey, everyone. This is my nephew from. Tell everybody where you're from. I'm from Valdosta, Georgia, and I love my Auntie Francine. and and, And like the old song says, fly like an eagle. (laughs) <laughs> yes, we still celebrate in the Philadelphia Eagles victory, uh, Super Bowl 52, ladies and gentlemen. So expect to hear 
some Eagle chanting going on throughout the hour. We're on to 11 tonight, so um, on and off we're going to be cheering and giving some uh, shout-outs, of course, to our home team, the Philadelphia Eagles, as well as to the city of Philly. We have a parade coming up on Thursday, February the 8th. I'm going to give some more information in the hour of um, details about that parade because I want to make sure everybody knows where the starting point is. And, of course, you know the art museum is the arrival destination. Um, So, Nephew Philip, share what you have, and we're going to keep it moving because we got some more poetry inspired by victories that we're going to have uh, spit on this show tonight. Thank you. Okay. Okay, I say I just want to give you audience the breaking news. I make this real quick, but before I give the breaking news, I must say that you guys are so you should be blessed because let me tell you something. You got the World Series ring, you got the Stanley Cup, you got the NBA championship from nineteen eighty three when Dr. J was playing, and now the <laughs> top of the look, you got the you got the Super Bowl. Oh, you gave the rundown. Listen, listen to my nephew people. Philly, we should be. We should be beaming right now with lots of sheer delight because truly, yes, you're right. We got a lot to be uh, pleased about. I said pleased. I could say proud, but I want to stay humble right now. (laughs) I don't want to jinx us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I just want to share something real quick with you guys because this is very, very important. I think your audience really needs to know what's really, really going on because we know there's no news is good news. But I make this real short and simple. Um, I was looking at the news somewhat today, and, you know, this always depressing things. And what's going on now, is we, uh, what's going on in Washington is that everybody is leaking memos about the campaign, about spies, and you got President 45, I'm not going to mention his name, who thinks that he's actually above the law when it's not supposed to be. But, Francine, here's the thing, though, Auntie, i got to be honest with you. I really, really believe that we're coming into a time now where we're going to see a lot of, we're going to wind up seeing a civil war in this country. And the reason why I say that is because you've got the, um, the special counsel, Bart Mueller, who's really, really this close, really, really closing in on Trump. And what's happening now is that his lawyers is trying to play like what they call the, uh, the Tom and Jerry game. You know what Tom is trying to catch Jerry, and Jerry's always out with him. And they said that um, that um, Trump has a, a choice: either either you sit down with Mueller, or Mueller's going to enter um, a subpoena. But Francine, the, the, the Mueller got to be careful here, though, because if you notice that you know his surrogates has becoming a mulling the waters, and they're trying to really, really, you see, they, they don't know if, they, if he fires Mueller, this is going to be just like it was when Nixon tried to fire, you know, the guy that was working for him. And I think that Mueller really got to be careful what he's doing, though, because he's already the people's already um, criticizing him, and half the Republicans was for him, and now they're trying to, um, you know, undermine him. And Francine, let me tell you something. I really, really believe that Washington is so corrupted, and we, we, we and we pretty much know like how the outcome is going to be. And if I let you, I will say this: You remember, um, you know, going back to Philadelphia. Do you remember when the um, when the Phillies used to play in um, Veteran Stadium? And honestly, you you know as good as I do that nobody wanted to go into that arena and play them because it was a it was a hostile environment. We used to call it the uh, the, the Eagles Nest. And I think mm-hmm. now that you know, and I and I think now that you know, such companies, allies really find to um you know go after the FBI, go after the CIA, go after the um the the, the Justice Department. 
And Francine, what's happening now is that, you know, people have already lost um, faith in the media. They've already lost faith in the institution. And they've already lost faith right. in the, um, what's going on. So well, I'm going to ask you that regardless of what Mueller finds, do you think it's really, really going to matter knowing that no matter what he comes up with, whether or not it's um, obstruction of justice or even collusion, that people are still not going to believe him because Trump has already planted that seed of doubt where you just can't believe anything anymore. So what is your whole take on that? I just think that it, it's it's a sign in the times. There was a song Prince put out years ago. Yes, I want to um, acknowledge uh, Minnesota and all of the Prince fans out there and Paisley Park residents. Yes, big shout out to you for all the love that you show in Minnesota, even during the time of the Super Bowl. And I do want to say in particular concerning Justin Timberlake, because a lot of people don't know about this. Some people do. Um, There were some threats made to him when he uh, kind of shared somewhat before the actual halftime uh, performance and and all kicked off. He shared that he was going to pay tribute to Prince because Prince was an inspiration to him as for his musical interest. Um, And he received a lot of of, uh, conflict about doing what he did. And it was one of the best. I thought, uh, tributes that were done during a Super Bowl halftime to a musical artist. Um, I was even told that Prince's family requested him not to do it, and so he kind of went against their wishes as well as other people even threatening him because he would do something like that. But sometimes what I'm seeing that as is you have to go with your convictions. And if something's on your heart and it's impressed upon your heart to do and you're doing it in good spirit and it's something that's not being done to hurt someone but to honor and you're doing it with love, sometimes you got to go with your heart. And I think that he did that. And I thought that it was a beautiful uh, tribute. It's something I know that people will be talking about for years to come. And again, he paid honor to the artist known as Prince. And and it, it it's unforgettable. I, I can't forget that. That was an awesome tribute. But I do want to say, in light of... Um, <clears throat> The U.S. Um, and and the uh, what's going on now with Mueller and Trump and all of that. I'm just hoping that um, all the evidence that needs to surface will surface, and I'm hoping that um, unearthing these buried skeletons, these things that have been hidden for so long. Um, uh, surrounding the election, as for um, possible tampering, uh, collusion, and all that. I'm hoping that by unearthing these skeletons that we can come to a final end of all of this controversy so as a nation we can move forward because um, in terms of our government 
it's dividing the House of Congress. We have a divided House right now, which makes Congress vulnerable to a lot of things, more than just leaks, more than just leaks. Um, we're becoming vulnerable to our enemies. And and you, you're actually having where members within Congress that have held seats for a long time, they're to the point where they're ready to just um, walk away from it. And we definitely need a functioning house. Now, I heard that Trump is saying about a shutdown. Um, now it's almost like as if he's hoping that happens. He's saying it a lot. That's troubling to a lot of us. We know what happens when the government shuts down. We know what stops when the government shuts down. And in terms of the people of America, we don't really need this. Like, we need a functioning house that's not dysfunctional. We need Congress to come together and unite. And look, you can disagree, but disagree agreeably. And put the needs of the American people first, please. And put your petty idiosyncrasies to the side. And let's run like a government is supposed to run. Um, It's about work, um, doing the job. Um, Let's not get personal with our feelings. Like, put your feelings to the side here. Your decisions are impacting the lives of many people. And we need our nation um, at this time to, to have confidence in knowing that its government is stable at as best as it can be for now. We know that it's going to take some time for healing because there's a lot of damage that's been done uh, considering how the election happened and a whole lot of other things. We can just go in a whole the whole scenario behind Trump's win, okay? Because a lot of us didn't vote for it. But we need healing to begin. And Congress can start its healing from within. But it's going to take willingness on both sides, both parties have to make that decision. And we've got to realize this is bigger than Trump as far as him being in the office that he now holds. Um, Electoral College votes after we vote. Okay, so they pretty much made the decision. It was not going to be Hillary. It was going to be him. They gave the majority of their votes to Trump, not Hillary. We have to deal with that. And it's hard. It's it's a hard pill for us to swallow. I understand that. But that's the way it went. It's not the first time this has happened in America. It won't be the last time. But let's regroup. Now it's time for us to say we're we're able. We're able to move past this. It's going to be difficult, we know. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. But we can grow from this. We can grow from this, and we can do some things differently. There were a lot of people that decided, well, look, the person that I wanted is not even in the election, so I'm not going to vote. There's a lot of people that just pulled out. 
Um, we can't keep doing that because the system requires votes. It does when it comes time to appoint and to elect. So those that are eligible that didn't before, can we kind of just do the lesser of two evils <laughs> thing next time go around and let's make it our business to see that the right candidate wins because what's happening is if we don't vote, they're going to appoint the person in government to run and govern us. They're going to appoint if we don't. So let's show them that we're not going to be inactive. We're going to be active, not reactive, active, proactive, and let's do what we can do. That's all I'm asking. Let's just do our part. And then the system is going to run. It's, 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 it's broken. We know it needs repair. But at least some of us haven't run, even locally, that are qualified and eligible to run for local offices. We need more good people, even on the local level, running who really care for the community and have a heart that's community-centered. We need more of them. So I want to say that and appeal to those out there that have been putting off the inevitable. Yes, run. Um, start your campaign. You may not have a lot of money, but you have what it takes. And guess what? Sponsors will come. Supporters will come. But you take initiative because a lot of times people are seeking and looking for uh, someone to run even a local district on the local district level for their community. So start there. Impact change on that level. And then let's see a better local run government in our cities and counties. And then we'll grab, grab, gradually see the change that we need to see. A lot of people don't realize it starts in the local uh, council level and then state and then federal, okay? There are tiers in terms of government here. So we need to start supporting those who are the right ones that are starting to run and become elected. Support them. Start local. The same with the Buy Black movement. Start local. A lot of times you forget that when you want to see your community upgrade, you've got to start supporting the businesses of that community on the local level first, and then you can start seeing the change. It's going to be gradual. Remember, it's not an overnight success. It's going to be gradual, but it's going to happen, and that matters. You need change. We need change. And that's that's my response. And actually, if I let you go, a quick question. Um, what is your whole take on what's going on in Cleveland? Because, you know, um, LeBron James is getting a lot of criticism. You know, did, did everyone is saying, well, is this for the Cavaliers are not winning? You know, the, um, him and the manager are not getting along. The manager expects him to do his no-trade clause. And uh, I'm saying, what would your advice be to the whole Cavalier team, knowing that, you know, people looking at them are saying, can't they get their acts together? What do you think is really, really going to be? Do you think it's lack of communication? 
people just quit on the coach? What do you think it is? And what would your wow. advice be to Le- LeBron? Because you know there's, there's a lot of fingers that's pointing in the locker room. What, 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 if, you, if you was running the Cavaliers, what would the first thing you would do? Because they said they need to make some trades, need to get some players out who don't want to play. I mean, what do you think it is, Auntie? You know, bring it back to your audience. That's a good question. I'm not really I'm, – I'm going to say I'm not an expert on <laughs> Cleveland. And and it's it's um and 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 that particular uh topic or subject matter, I'm I'm gonna have to revert it um that question um and direct it to someone else. Is there anyone on the call that would like to answer that question? Or would like to give a response? Anyone on the call? Um, you know, I looked it up because I had no idea what you're talking about. Okay. So I'm, I'm like, fuck it. That's why there's a Google. And I mm-hmm. went to it and went, okay, still don't know. So to that I would say, what? He's, well, as far as I can tell, mm-hmm. helped me understand that he said he wants to he's in it for the long haul as of fifteen minutes ago. So whatever beef he was having, he seems to be fine. Oh, okay. Thank you for that update. Now that was good. Good tracking. Fifteen minutes ago, that's good. That's hot off the press, ladies and gentlemen. So you can write that down, you can cast that check, it won't bounce. <laughs> that's one time right there. That's what we needed to know. He's in it to win it for the long run. So what happened? They lost to the Magic? Well, what's going on? Um, you know, the Cavaliers, they was actually supposed to be the favorites. They um, go back to the finals, the first thing going to say Warriors again, which I don't even think they would be with that roster. And what's going on <laughs> is that they're saying, they're saying that um, that the players are so upset with LeBron because they're saying that, you know, he's really not living up to you know, his um, end of the bargain. And, Francine, I remember you were saying one time that leaders lead. And, and with all the, the finger pointing and the coach not making any changes and the owner saying, well, I'm not going to um, make a train unless you know, you're committed to this team. And it, it, it's just like a lot of uh, finger pointers. It's like a lot of people pointing fingers. And basketball is supposed to be a team sport, not no one-man sport. And I think that it's really, really showing the league that, you know, here you have a, a team like LeBron, here you have a player like LeBron James who's not getting any older. None of us are getting any older. And it's all about ego. It's all about fame. It's all about who can make the um, the, uh, the most money. And sports is supposed to be about unity. And I think what's going to happen now is that people are saying, well, they need to make some trades. They need to get rid of personnel because – it's like this, if no one is on one accord, then why continue the stadium suffer? I mean, it feels like they don't want to play no more. Oh. These guys get paid for doing nothing. It's all about ego. Well, can you see where I'm looking at Congress in that same light? You got people that have been holding seats in Congress for years. They have never encountered what they're having to do with now. Um, and they're literally feeling like they want to walk away from doing what they have known and loved much of their lives. I don't think that's fair. So that's where you look at 
the powers that be or or the affluent uh, power seat holders, and you hold them accountable. You know, you start posing and addressing them. There needs to be town halls. There needs to be press conferences to deal with the sports um, issue, what's going on at crisis situation with the Cavaliers. You, um, people want answers. Um, questions need to be asked. Um, you need to invite the media and the press to come. And then maybe even have um, have a, a hour segment. You have these sports shows and interview interview LeBron, interview these um, uh, power players, you know, these people of affluence that are making the decisions that impact the team. Um, have them answer these hard questions. Have people call in, like what we, we're doing on the radio <laughs> with this show. Have people call in and ask questions. And and answer their questions fully because, you know, it's that time now. We have to hold people accountable. Um, and I think if you are paying to go to these games and you are a season ticket holder, it is your right to have questions answered. You want to know. You're a season ticket holder. You You don't know, like, um, the welfare of that team, um, who's going to play, who's going to, if there's going to be a team, who's going to be the um, captain of the team as far as the players or what, what's going on. I just think you deserve to, to know. You deserve to know. It's your right to know. And I think as for our government, whether it's local, state, or federal, everyone should be well informed of what's going on. It, it it shouldn't be a secret. We shouldn't have to try to understand. It shouldn't be obscurity that that is presented to us when we need answers. We need clarity, and it takes time to know things. So it, it you know they need to uh, manifest transparency on every level. And there's ways to do it, you know. Communicate. Open communication is key. Auntie, they need you down there, cool and run at that way. You can tell you can let them know. Listen, this is a team sport. Play, pay, people are paying their good money to see you, and and and, and, if, and if you come out there on the court, not giving your effort, not only will you lose fans, but you gonna lose sponsorships. I mean, um, local. I mean, the national TV um, producers. It's not going to have you on the air anymore. So, like you said again, uh, it seems like giving a change. But one thing I can say is that I really hope that um, either they make a trade and get the acts together. Because Francine, you and I both know that when you're playing in the um in the NBA, you know people expect to see their superstar. And if LeBron James is not living up to his end of the bargain, then either well, he's not going to tra- he's not going to um give away no trade clause because like the the owner really really feels that okay he left us before he's going to leave us again and you know, there's really not much that they can do. But like I said, again, a lot of people is complaining about, you know, that lack of effort. Or even you know, even they're talking about firing the coach. Even though the coach's job was to coach the team, not to go out there and play for the team. See, it's a difference. And that's not, the, that's not what people are looking at. And, see, you got to remember it's a numbers game, dealing with sports. It's a numbers game across the board, even – U.S. politics, it's all about the numbers. If those numbers aren't where they need to be, um, just like the Dow, 
Um, and now we're talking about stocks. If those numbers drop, and we know there was a major drop recently, um, right after the Super Bowl, they said the next morning, everything's down now. Here we go, underdogs, boom. <laughs> now it's going to go up. When it goes up, it's going to be a big boom. That's how the, the everything runs in this capitalist nation like that. And we got to keep that in mind. It's a numbers game all across the board. For the most of us, regardless of what field our profession is in, it's the numbers game. Everything's based on the numbers. And they say the numbers don't lie. So, you know, if, you know it's one of those things. That's just... <laughs> I was just thinking about the the way the both of you are, uh, like, your your real emphasis is on government, and his real emphasis is on the Cavaliers. And I was thinking about the fact that as much as I'm not, I I really celebrate LeBron James' talent, Mm -hmm. but I can't help but notice that what he brings to the Cavaliers, what he brought to the Cavaliers with that talent, as well as who his brand, the LeBron James brand, is um, investors and uh, wealth by association, if you will. He brought wealth by association. When you are that person and people around you are getting rich because of you, you you can't help but get it in your head that everyone owes you. Interesting. That you don't necessarily, that the balance to you getting everyone a higher pay, higher deals, more asses in the seats even when you're losing is partially because of the brand that he brought. Some people will come just to see him even if you're not winning. There you go. They absolutely is the only reason they go. It's the and brand. He is, he, it's his brand, and he knows it. And mm-hmm. so that you give someone that kind of power mm-hmm. because he did make you rich, and then you expect him to run up and down a court at the full strength, risk and injury and all this, while you guys are all kind of sucking off of him for your wealth. I don't know what they expected. <laughs> I don't know what they expected. That that would be, sir, who broke the question, that would really be the answer to, to my answer to right, what you're asking, that is. is that what did they expect when, besides the fact that he, he was and to some degree still is a very talented athlete, they, he, they got wealth by association from him. And there's no one that could deny it in that in, in that whole complex. And that's the problem they're dealing with is because nobody's going to just come right out and say, yeah, you made us rich, but could you work now? Mm-hmm. Whose job is that? Philip? Well, honestly, she's absolutely right. Like you said, it's all about um, uh, who can make the most dollars. It's all about there it is. who you're working that's for. That's exactly what it is. And I think that when once once the balance of that comes up, then it becomes a, does he really want to play good ball and go out as someone who didn't just kind of flop out, (laughs) 
you know, rolling right. down his knee, you know, because he got hit with a puff of wind. I think that he would want to have some self-respect when he goes out of this game, but right now he's not feeling that. And, man, you know what I think it is? I think um, something that they was all saying on the sports team, they said that the, the problem with LeBron, I think, I think Charles Barkley said, he said he's a drama queen. They asked Charls Barkley, and Andre, you know Barkley, and he's a former 76er. Who really listens to Charles Barkley? Yeah, and one thing that that he did say, he said that that players were really looking at the way LeBron James acts, but they say, yeah, he's the greatest player of all time, and he's the best player. But he was saying that if if, 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 if you're really, really struggling with this team, and you know what the problem is, you have two choices. Either you go to the front office and say, listen, you have to get me some help. Or come the off season, I'm gonna be leaving. So, like I like Francie said, it's either or, or either you're in or you're out. Hmm. I don't know. It's it's it. To me, it's sounding too much like politics. It's like yes. It's wow. exactly what it is. That's how it ties into what you're talking about. See. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Man, like you said, your politics is like that coin, you know, that See, coin you have to You guys sides. just exactly are opposite sides of the same coin on this because the whole both both things are all about politics. Mm-hmm. Both of them. That's that's exactly how I'm seeing it. Um I would like to celebrate the Super Bowl with everyone, but um still not watching football. I was a diehard 49er fan, and I stopped watching <laughs> two years ago. And it oh, was exactly like because of Franciscan. And said, <laughs> fuck you guys, and we all stopped watching. And, and that was just the end of that. Um, congratulations on your success with the, you know, I was a big Donovan McNabb fan. <laughs> I was a huge fan. <laughs> right, I hear you both. We appreciate that. I mean, hey, a lot, we had the caller from New York, Larry Edwards. He's a Cowboys fan. But right. he gave, you know, the Eagles, you know, a, a shout out. You know, thank you. We appreciate the love, support shown. But, you know, hey, yeah, no but, problem. I understand. I'm you a know, patient when it comes to our team, our home team. There you go. Congratulations. Follow us to go. What, 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 is your, what, what do you guys think about? Um, and, and, and finally, we're starting to see Afro American superheroes come to the forefront. What do you think about the um, the Black Panther that's out? Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. I was hoping somebody would bring that up. This being <laughs> Black History Month, nationally acclaimed, although we celebrate our heritage 365 days. <laughs> um, hmm. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to let Sylvia, our caller from San Francisco, and fellow scribe, I'm going to let her comment first. I think when you have the Academy of Art College right here, when you have Pixar Mm. right here in the Bay Area, for all of the, I, myself being one of the graphic design students out of the 80s, ah, and cool. really having to see um, the way that the illustration game works and how comics are made and, and what is promoted and, and how race plays its factor in everything, no matter how you draw the world. 
to see something that's even Marvel come out and have viewing parties across the country, even if the movie is a flop and it looks like it isn't, that there are going to be viewing parties across the country where people are already getting their African uh, wear together. Yes. I'm just hands up. I'm going. Yes. I'll be at the Jack, <laughs> you know, Jack London Square in Oakland at a viewing party. Can't wait. Yeah, I, yes. I, I celebrate Thanks. it. I think that there are a lot of fun ways to do this. I hear that. Thank you. I hear it. Was that King Spade? King Spade? Yes. Yes, back in the building yes. here. Uh, well, I'm going to say this from my point of view. This guy looks like he's from outer space. <laughs> he looks like a black guy from outer space, and I like the uh, I like how they did it. So I definitely like the way they did it. You know, from a cultural standpoint, mm-hmm. really decent. You never ever in my whole life seen a black guy get this much of of uh, enthusiasm. From that point of view, as a superhero, straight right. from Africa, Marvel, Marvel Comics, yes, yeah, Marvel Comics, who's Woo. he might not even be from Africa. What they trying to say, he from outer space or something, you know? <laughs> <Stop> uh, <it. laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, what? damn, I thought I knew the guy. <laughs> Wait a minute. Where are you getting your information from? You got the brother from another planet? What? Yeah, that's what is your story? But you know what? We're all going to have to credit Blade because Blade was really the first uh, African American. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Blade. That paved the way. Wesley Snipes, big shout out to him. But uh, the reason I said what I said is Blade didn't have his own spaceship, right. have his own nation, <laughs> everybody flying around and all these touristic places and stuff. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm loving this. I know. Like, Stanley, I was like, man, Stanley went all out with that one, with Black Panther. And, I mean, all the African aesthetics about mm-hmm. it. I mean, the music, the costume. Everything, the accents, the you know, just everything. It's just like so bold in its presentation and illustration. I'm just, I'm, I'm gung ho. I'm ready to go to one of the screening parties. I got like three different invitations. I'm trying to decide which one <laughs> I'm taking. I'm working on getting my outfit. I saw something worn by Angela Bassett when they had the uh, red carpet in. Um, I believe it was California. Was it San Francisco? Uh, I don't think so. The premiere. Okay. Yeah, they just had one red card um, screening, uh, pre-screening party gala. Everybody was in black, except for, of course, the cast. They were, you know, they were more the African. Mostly mm-hmm. the women did, I noticed. The men were in all black tuxedos and, like, black everything. Shirts, black shirts, black shoes, black socks. Nobody had on white socks or white shirts. <laughs> I was like, it's a black affair. <laughs> but it was nice. Yeah, it was nice to see. And I didn't realize all of the A-list actors and actresses that are in this. You know, you see the ones that are in the 
you know, uh, Lupita and um, uh, I'm trying to remember his name now. Now skipping my mind, but uh, you see all the ones that are in like the lead actor and actress roles, but um, Angela Bassett plays the mom. Um, mm-hmm. Then there's Forrest Whitaker. I'm like, wait a minute, looking at the cast, I'm like, all these top actors and actresses in it. This is like awesome when you bring all that energy and and beauty together. You know, they have their own auras, and you bring them all together in one film. You know, it's just gonna it's gonna bust. It seems in the blockbuster. Um, you know, when it hits the theaters, you know, it's just gonna burst as far as the people that's gonna gravitate to this because you got all these artists that are mega artists all in one film. You know, you there needs to be a sequel. <laughs> Come on, you got to do something. You don't just do one film like that with all that. You know, you got to do a sequel to that. I mean, awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm looking forward to uh, February the 16th, and I'm looking forward to going to the pre-screening. I have to decide which one, and I'm looking forward to tr- to finally finalizing which outfit I'm going to wear. <laughs> Am I going in, going in canary yellow like I saw Angela do for, for a pre-screening? Or um, am I going to have red? Uh, you know, it's fun. It's fun. I'm, I've not been that excited since when I was young reading the comics. I remember reading the comics as a child, and I was into Marvel comics and uh, Panther and Storm and, you know, just all of them, all of them in the X-Men period. Yeah. And to see it brought to life on the silver screen, it's just like, wow, I live to see it brought to life and appreciate it and how the next generation is gravitating to it. It's not the books like it was when we were younger, but it's in film, you know, and this is a very visual era, you know. Um to see what they're able to do in film with it is just amazing. I'm, I'm, I wish it all the best. I'm sure it's going to be a block, um, box office and blockbuster uh, hit, and I'm hoping that they can make triple the amount of money it took <laughs> to put this mega projection <laughs> together on film because I know it was expensive. Come on, they they went all out. The special yes. effects too, and everything. I'm like, damn. <laughs> I'm <Awesome>. excited. <laughs> yes. Definitely Perfect. seems like a great movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like how you put it, though, Kane. You're right. He got his own spaceship. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the other ones hey. they have all that. <laughs> Fly and all that. Like Independence Day meets Africa. I know, yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, Woo. until I see it, I'm holding out hope that the spaceship is Stark Enterprises. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but uh, right. I definitely shout out to you. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just thought about, uh, you know, shout out to your nephew for uh you know, putting out there about Blade. He was right about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I got to commend him after the yeah. show on that one. 
Because <laughs> Blade did pave the way. I mean, when he first came out of that movie, a lot of people, a lot of actors and uh, comedians was talking about that movie, That how much of a, a breakthrough, you know, it, it affected the community and whatnot. You know, when they first seen him doing and then they see his, you know, Marvel when it first comes on, like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's he's the star. Not a co star. Right. He's the star. That's right. He didn't have to call anyone a jive turkey. He didn't have to wear a stack right, platform. Right. <laughs> Let me where where do I begin? Um, yeah, he the, didn't have the to leathers have, were oh, no fabulous. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That leather and, and the shades. That was before the Matrix. You know, when they yeah. came out with the leather and shades outfits, Blade was first. That's right. Oh, yeah. Right, right. I mean, that was just how his, uh, how the character was drawn. You know, because I saw the uh, Blade, the character, before the actual movie came out. And he was actually, oh, right. yeah, he was actually a black guy who was on a motorcycle. Right. Oh, uh, he was on a motorcycle in the second one, but not the first one. Yeah, but the original character always had a motorcycle and fought the vampires and whatnot. So true, so true. I, 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 yes, indeed, yes, indeed. You know, I wish Spawn had done better. Yeah, Spawn only had one movie. Spawn, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I think the anime, see, I followed all that stuff, uh, Dark Joy Child. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Came the was, graphics designer, graphics art. Yeah. Yeah, it was more popular than a regular type of movie. And again, it was a black guy in the anime. They didn't try to change anything. That's why I thought it was decent as well. Like, you know, sometimes they change the character around. Like Samuel Jackson's character with mm-hmm. the eye. Samuel Jackson not be supposed to be playing that guy. <laughs> 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 He's supposed to be playing that dude. The dude was always a white guy. But for some reason, they changed it in the cartoon, and then they... Samuel Jackson, the character. I was like, what the? <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, I'm not complaining, but I'm just saying, I could have swore that guy started off as white. <laughs> but, so you notice that they're changing, it's it's a lot, like uh, Kojak um, changing the uh, man that starred as Kojak from being a Caucasian man to an African American man. You know, with time, uh, a lot of remakes now. Uh, that once, I think it was um, there was this drama uh, film, uh, Still Magnolias. It was all the women were white. They had leading roles in it. Then they remade that uh, a few years back and had all women of color starring. <laughs> um, so, you know, with time, that's happening in Hollywood. You know, progression is evident. Changes are coming. 
and, um, you know, everything in its time. But it's good to see diversity is being embraced in right. Hollywood. I think, remember, but they in, had uh, the one year that a lot of actors didn't come to the Oscars, right. and they were um, boycotting the Oscars, especially people of color, because they felt that diversity was not being embraced. Well, now um, you're seeing that diversity is becoming a norm um, within Hollywood, which we've not seen that for a long time. I mean, you see things, there were gradual changes, slowly but surely coming to pass, but now we're seeing it more bold and up front uh, as, as for diversity being embraced. Right, right. In Hollywood. So, you know, change is coming. Right. When you was talking, Francine, you made me think of, like, do they do do some of these changes because of, do they feel guilt? Because of the... (laughs) Yeah, because that's what I was thinking. Like, uh, certain roles I'd be seeing, like, uh, Mm -hmm. when it was an all-white cast and they changed, the whole cast, or they change a certain character for this role and whatnot. Are they feeling guilt, or they just really want to do it? Because that's you know that's two Good different question. things. Good question, and I love it. I like that. That's the scrutinize, scrutiny, scrutiny. It's open to public scrutiny because it's been too long that we've seen whitewashing done uh, with within Hollywood. You know, a lot of um, profiles in history, you know, men and women, uh, Hollywood portrayed to be white. We later found out or discovered in our own study and research that those characters were men and women of color, but Hollywood didn't present that. <laughs> they fabricated the truth and they showed them as white. <laughs> you know, so... We're living now in a time where I think and it has a lot to do with people holding Hollywood accountable, you know, and saying, wait a minute now, you know, that's not the way it truly happened. And, you know, that's not the the, the true color of the skin of the people that actually did this or um, that were responsible for doing that. So, you know, now we're seeing Hollywood is realizing, look, if you don't tell the truth, we will tell our own truth. And I think that's what it is, too. There's a lot of people that are forming coalitions within the industry and film and writers, and they're starting to create their own um, uh, companies. And they're making films and having people of color uh, featured in them and portrayed in them in a positive light uh, with no typecasting and negative uh, stigmas associated with the characters they're portraying. So, yeah, and a big shout-out to Denzel Washington and his son, from what I hear. Um, They're definitely doing some – they got some projects lined up that will be coming out in film and stories told about people of color and and stories with people of color and lead roles that are positive and, and prominent positive and prominent uh, features and illustrations of people of color. Indeed, indeed. Well, Francis Sage Poet, I got to ask you, can I uh, 
Am I able to do a piece before I leave you? Yes. (laughs) Yes, you may. And we're going to hear a piece at this time, ladies and gentlemen, from Mr. DSR King Spade. And then if we um, are able to, we will hear another piece from Our Lady in the Limelight tonight on this panel. And that is poetess Sylvia Bullock. But now for Kane Spade, I'm only muting the mics of those that are not in the spotlight at the moment so we don't get any background noises. And at this time, Kane Spade, the mic is now in your hand. Mr. DSR, ladies and gentlemen, receive him in love. I discovered a new illness. Writing is a disease. That can never be stopped. Achoo! I sneeze ink. The ink forms in the words. Stories unfold. Let me be that bold and try to relate to those who hear my words. I don't need the town all hold the Yadville cough drops and halls. At certain times when I write, I'm leaking my flaws. Keep the tissues. No, I need no scots. Only remedies I need is to avoid all those writer's blocks. The world is too twisted for my pen to drop. 2018, no, I still can't stop. My mission continues making all brains flip and flop. Mind drop, never drain, increase the capacity within your brain. Never refrain. Your style, your own, never try to be the same. Everyone stay out of bounds to find your lane. I want to absorb unlimited poet speech. My limit can never be reached. Ink tripping state to state with every listener ready to respond, saying he just ate. All to one writer's fate. Flowing, my nature I'll never need to escape. Weight added to my brain muscle. Don't know if you would ever nickname me Teach. Maybe the lyrical professor. I'll give you high marks for you to keep your grades up. Testing life. You never know when they be ready to hit you, but when they do come through, whether right or not, if your will isn't strong enough, the outcome will be your answer to give. In other words, as your pen captures, then creates, your ink lives. And that's always DSR all damn day. Wow. hear a little more background information about the composition. <laughs> that was flawless ink still on paper. Tell uh, me when you wrote that piece and what was the what was the weather like on that day and <laughs> I'm gonna get all into your personal business <laughs> You do crack me up, Francy. <laughs> I think I wrote this piece probably it had to be last month. Yeah, it's a twenty eighteen it's a twenty eighteen piece in the middle of last month. I have no idea what the weather was like. 
<laughs> but uh, I don't know. I I had to be. I think I was on somebody's radio show. I don't know if it was uh, Miss uh, Dark Joy Child's show here. It might have been mm-hmm. a good show or Wolf Hour show. I'm not sure. But it had to be a poetry show, and I was listening to all these poets recite their pieces. They was doing their thing. And yeah. I, I started writing, and uh, this is what I came up with. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Well, you came up with a masterpiece. That was some flawless ink spilled onto, shall I say, papyrus <laughs> I'm going ancient Egypt. I'm going ancient black now. But um, I approve your ink. I really like that. That's like when you smell a nice fragrance and you sniff the first whiff of it and you like, hmm, you want to keep sniffing after that? It was like after hearing that piece, that spoken word art, I liked it so much. It's like I could hear that again. That's one of those pieces. I, I'm like, I want to replay that. If I had the audio of you spitting that, I would have hit playback right away. <laughs> I love, I love it. The 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 artistry depicted and how graphic and detail you tell what you say about writing being a disease, how you descriptively declare that and the emotion in which it's it's proclaimed. I love that. I love that. You didn't hold anything back. You you put everything into the writing of the composition of that piece and I wanna herald your ink um in regards to you doing that and encourage you to keep writing in that order. That is your chi. When you write in that um, energy and on that level of spirit, um, that's you. You come, you come through real strong. Don't let anybody change your style. Keep that flow and that energy. That's perfect. I loved it. I could hear that. Like I said, I could hear that over and over again. It would never grow old to me. And the reason why I asked you when you wrote it, because it was so fresh, like, if you wrote had written it an hour before the show or something just today, and you said no, it was some time back. I don't even remember the weather. That says a lot about your ink. Your ink stays fresh. That's the way you want to write. Don't let nobody stop it. Keep that flow. I will. Well done. Awesome, awesome. I'm so glad this show is recorded. You and Sylvia, I mean, what you have spit on the mic tonight, you have really blessed everyone listening. And for those that had to leave, a couple had to leave early because they have shows. Um, We had a call, I believe, Ibiani Lockhart from California, San Bernardino, California. Um, He wanted to be on tonight. He had to leave. We have um, uh, Mr. Boston. He's um, still riding on his high. He's celebrating his obtainment, I believe, of his master's degree. What a mighty warrior. And you're talking about a master scribe. He is one, Mr. Boston. Yes, indeed. He sends his love and support to the poets sitting on the mic tonight. Uh, We had Donaldson, Flow Time. He's the other uh, supporting host on this show 
That's my brother from another mother. Um, and he calls us from, is it San Francisco too, California? Um, don't quote me on it, but I think it's San Francisco. If it's not San Francisco, it's, um, yeah, San Francisco. It has to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think one time I joked with him, I said, whatever's in the air or the water in San Francisco is some really good stuff because the artists from that area are just the bomb. And he just could not stop laughing. <laughs> it's like, he's like, you're saying that you're from Philly? <laughs> like, look, we love the ink. We love the art that comes from San Fran. Um, some some mighty mighty poets and um, Sylvia. Now I know. Hey, you're one of the mighty poets too from San Francisco. I'm like, okay, <laughs> but awesome, awesome. And a big shout out to Philly again, celebrating Super Bowl Fifty Two. Yes, our Eagles won, and they did it, and they did it big. And what I love is, it's bringing the city better into a better place. I'm seeing communities actually, um, after that win, actually coming together and knitting together. And that's so needed, especially in a city that's been notorious for its segregated sections. Okay, we got a section of everything. <laughs> the city is sectioned off like certain ethnic groups are just sectioned off to certain sections. It's ridiculous. And they just migrate to living in the area. And when you go to the area, what's cool, though, all of the eateries, the cafes, the bars, the banks, everything is in that ethnic group's culture language, everything that's served. So it's like you're actually experiencing that part of the world, little Italy, little Puerto Rico, um, little uh, Liberia now. They got the uh, area in Southwest. It's all Liberian business-owned. Restaurants, everything, the music, everything. Um, it's just really interesting. You have the Polish area, the Fishtown area, um, certain areas that's just certain immigrants, just really generations of them populated. And even the new uh, um, age ones now are just migrating to there. But that's the beauty of the city. It's a very, um, it's like a potpourri when it comes to ethnicity. And what I like is when something can bring every community together and every community comes together with love, that something should be celebrated. So that much is, is, is something something which is good that I can say about this Eagle victory. Indeed, so, indeed. Uh, I want to yeah. give a quick shout-out to Mr. Boston. You know, he's always a valued DSR member. Oh, but that's his right. Team, his team lost, though. You know, he was talking all that stuff on Facebook, and I called him <laughs> on that day. We had some words. It was funny. It was hilarious. <laughs> and and he, uh, he admitted defeat, though. He admitted defeat. He good, <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a good uh, sportsman. Yes, you know, he is. He's definitely a good sportsman. And definitely respect to you, Mr. Boston, even though the Patriots lost. <laughs> and I said I was a, a big old Eagles fan and all that, but like I told them, as soon as they won, I had to call you. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. It was a good game. 
It was a good game. It was good. I have to say though, New England they they bought they bought they bought the intensity to the Super Bowl, and the Eagles bought the fight. And I think intensity versus fight, and the end result was an epic Super Bowl game that people will be talking about for another decade and some. So it was all good on both ends. And the referees, I thought, for the most part, it was fair. Um, I just had one issue with that one call, one uh, uh, touchdown play that wasn't uh, accredited. (laughs) But, you know, yeah, yeah, but, you know, you know, to be expected, you know, you got to have some controversy going on when it's a main event like that. That adds to, you know, the excitement of the win. So, you know. I was about to say, I saw the anticipation in everybody's face, <laughs> in the crowd and the teams. They was all just waiting for the ruling, like, like wait a minute, they going to give us another chance? They going to get another chance? I don't know if they going to give us another chance. <laughs> 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 yes. So everybody was sitting and twiddling their fingers, like, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. going to be a riot? It might be a riot. I know, right? That's why I was like, please don't. Because <laughs> you know our fans is crazy. <laughs> They'll be throwing chairs. <laughs> they do chairs when they want. I know, right? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, one thing I can say, I'm glad this happened after the Pope came because the Pope did say when he came to the city, he was speaking blessings on Philadelphia. And I think somebody asked him to pray for the Eagles then in South Philly. He visited one of the um, the uh, steak shops. You know, mostly all the people when they come in to Philly, they want to go to South Philly to um, uh, Tony Luke's. Tony Luke's or Pat Steaks, right, or Geno's. So the Pope went to one of them. They made this special pizza for him. And they asked him to, to say a blessing for the Eagles that the Eagles would have a Super Bowl win eventually. And look and behold, it hasn't even been that long since Pope was here, and they are bringing home a win and a championship, having won Super Bowl 52. So, hey, yeah. you know, be careful what you ask for. You just might get it. <laughs> like, he sure did come to the city and bless and whatnot. Wow. Yeah, how yeah, about so, hey. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, forgetting somebody, did uh, Miss Blaylock ever say her piece? No, I definitely would love it. Um, uh, Poetess Sylvia, if you have another piece, if you could grace us with another poem and just to say we appreciate the love expressed via your poetry as well. Sure. Thank you. I really hope to be coming to to your area um, a little bit before Poetry Fest this summer. Ooh, <laughs> because I have never awesome. been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. We are going to meet up when you come. Um, I am starting an open mic, and I'm going to to speak this out in the radio ways right now. We're going to start an open mic. 
Exceptional Scribble Show. We'll have a live open mic. It's going to go live on YouTube. And we're looking to start it in March. It'll be on a Friday every month. We'll be doing it monthly. And mm-hmm. anyone that comes in Philly or anyone from Philly, like Kane, Spade, <laughs> they will be invited to come and spit, and it'll go live. Um, we do have two venues that we'll be using. And, Kane, I'm definitely going to inbox you with all the details so you'll uh, be able to come out and make some appearances. We're definitely going to promote. So I see our poets out there writing books. You guys are awesome. We definitely want to get people uh, supporting you and buying your books, and it'll be an opportunity for you where you'll be able to sell your books along with uh, being feature artists in the spotlight one of those nights. Yes, indeed, it's is for us to expose our our poets because our our poets have a lot that they say that is so powerful and vital to to our universe, not just our world. So we definitely want to make sure that they have platforms that they can speak and uh, promote what is their truth on, and we want them to know they have our support. Right, right. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, now I can't wait to come. Um, (laughs) Yes. So I have a piece. Um, It's Lady Liberty. Mm, Thank you. Lady Liberty has a black eye with a flag eye patch on it. She just wants to forget and has put ten on it. The cut around her heart still oozes. She wears dresses with long sleeves to hide the bruises. Her old friend Justice watches her with opera glasses and at the ladies' tired, poor, huddled masses shouting, yearn all you want, not even breathing is free. Lady Liberty, the queen of cliches, Wanders the world alone and in a daze. She's in an abusive relationship but still keeps the appearances up. She believed freedom meant no restrictions, giving free license to those with a predilection for liberty herself, and he pursued her like no other. He said he was someone who would truly love her. With him by her side, she would never have to date again. He swore that he would make her great again. He grabbed in all the right places and was lavish in his tastes, except when he fucked her in the ass and wiped his shitty cock in her face and laughed. Do the math. Liberty trusted and let it all hang out. He used her as an accessory for his clout. He really saw her worth and took her from the hood, then locked her in a room and slutted her real good. So Liberty peeps to the highest bidder, and oh yeah, he hit her, kicked her natural ass every day, called it reckless eyeballing when people looked her way. He called his boy from back in the day, and together they ran a three-way train. The whole thing was insane. He had her so crazy, people cursed her name. He made her a joke to those who loved her most. 
Her shame kept her with him like an old Bible verse. She repeated him over and over in her head. She believed she was worthless without him. She might as well be dead. Getting out of her own way, she found a moment of pure clarity. Looking through old pictures lovingly, her weary eyes came to see a relic from her long-forgotten history. When she was wild and freedom was new, her own naivete thought that Bigot would share. And yet beneath it all, they really didn't care. Liberty dug through her old things and found the thing that would pull her through. It meant nothing to anyone else, but to her, it was a symbol of her mission. It lit a fire in her and renewed her determination. For him, she only had damnation. She ditched his ass while he was out tripping. He was overseas with some Russian chick, dipping. She was sick of his shit. She finally exhaled at last. She saw her own value. So on that motherfucker, she bailed. Without a lot of fanfare, without a care, she loaded a bowl and cut her hair short, smoked out her partners in Supreme Court, reconnected with the masses, stopped walking around in dark glasses. She got her some mace, good security at her new place. Liberty is a promise not to be denied, not a punching bag, fuck doll, male order bride. One day, she tied a knot at the end of her rope, got her torch now, and is about to whip up some hope. And that's that. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. That's my mind. You talking about grit, true grit right there? It ain't pretty, but it is a beauty. If you you told some ugly truths in that one. Woo. Yeah, I mean, wow. She uh, told us the dark side, and uh, she told us everything about Lady Liberty that we ain't no shit about. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) That was epic. (laughs) Wow. I have a question for you. you. Are you considering doing, like, Doing that piece and doing like a dramatic monologue with that piece. Yes. Because that's powerful. I mean, you give a visual the way you descriptively tell that story. It's a powerful narrative. And it answers for us the questions I'm sure many people have had in their head about our nation and the abuses and and his, history um, it's it's a it's a cyclical it's a cycle of abuse um, against yes liberty Lady Liberty um, our nation is supposed to be heralded as a free nation but it's actually a nation that was built on um, slavery um, as far as building its economy goes. And and just a lot um, of abuses that that did occur, um, and and were practiced harshly against the indigenous people who are the original first um, here, and and people of color in general. And it's sad, 
it's the sad, grisly truth about America. That piece just really tells the whole full story. And anyone that can't stomach it, hey, if you can't stomach it because you deny what is true, that piece is going to show you the man or woman in the mirror that you are. Um, and, and the bottom line is we've got to fix what's wrong with us, America. And if we keep turning our faces away from this, it, it's going to be an ongoing cycle of abuses that continue against the liberty and, and, and the lady that America is supposed to be, which she has not been allowed to be because of the injustices against her. And there are many. So we, we've got something to work on. I thank you for sharing that piece. Um, I look forward to what you're going to do with it. I mean, it's it's a lot. You, you've said a lot in that piece, and it's a lot um, that you can do with just that piece, just that poem alone. And you could even do a book that's just that poem, like each um, so know, many pages. <laughs> we're on the same. We truly are like-minded people. I'm so glad that we're talking. Mm-hmm. Um, what I did was I reached out to a couple of my friends after I wrote this. Right. And uh, what we're working on, uh, getting some people to wear uh, liberty crowns instead of the pussy ears oh, for the okay. next women's march. Because I wrote a piece about why it would be better to wear crowns and ears. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I wrote another one that says my pussy is not pink. I love and, that. And, yeah. you know. Suffice it to say that I had an opinion about the whole pink ear thing. Mm-hmm. But rather than just say I don't like it, I had a solution, which was we should wear crowns. I love that. You can, whatever crown applies to you, whatever crown applies to you, there. Have it crocheted. Mm -hmm. I'm having a couple crocheted for me. And I had one that's being cut out of foam that is the Statue of Liberty's crown. Oh, with that piece. With that piece. Yes, indeed. Definitely. I I just can't put it down. I, I put it in my book. And that's mm-hmm. the, the version that's in the book. But I take it out, and then I add pieces, and and there's so much that comes up for me with this piece. Yes, I'm I, like I see you doing a lot with it. Awesome, and I commend you on what you came up with already. That's powerful. It's all about empowerment. Indeed, indeed. I got a quick question though. Uh, now, when you kept saying him, I was thinking, you know, you went from Ronald Reagan to Nixon, to who's that, Bush, Trump. (laughs) Yes, I did a little bit about quite a few of them and little bits and pieces throughout the whole thing. (laughs) But but yes, because he is all of them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, all the negative and the... uh, the power behind the scenes in the uh, in the world. Period. The Illuminati. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Hit patch. Just said, but uh, but one thing I would say is I do got one more piece, and I'm going to, have to let y'all go. 
The reason I'm bringing this suffering scenes because this is another new piece that you never heard before. Awesome. Look, the mic is open for you to rip. Anytime it's a new piece, you're ripping the mic. Just letting you know on this play. <laughs> so the mic is yours. She's all yours in your hand. Let her rip. All right. Yeah, this next one, I think uh, Dr. George Child already heard on, uh, I believe, her show. The title is My Brain Is My Brain Free. They going to come get me. But what happened to freedom of speech? The Internet, the most outspoken source of human free will known to mankind. If those behind the scenes don't like or appreciate what you have to say, they'd be ready to lock you away or shut you down. They want you to be always dumbfounded in your education, in your curiosity, in your thirst to expand your mind. Thoughts broken, they wanted you to never be outspoken. They step on all guidelines leading up to being mind-provoking. Although thoughts in the human mind are unlimited, unchained, absorbed, and ministered, life is one hell of a teacher. Your brain, the chalkboard, always ready to absorb. The negative, the lows, all your woes leading up to inspiration, reversing all your blows. You're trying to let go, but they bring you back in. Those who remain faceless, cowardly, going to the extreme to deprive you of free thought and motivation. They really hate that you can be patient, learning from every experience they go through. No, that you go through or witness. Can I ask you something? Are you hearing this? This is not a game. This is not my pleasure. I fed off a moment and seen, seen something I seen. I know something I felt just to pass it on to you. Believe me or not, but truth will always come if you figure it out or not. In this world, no, in this country, eventually you will get your answer. And that's always on. DSR all damn day. Mm, 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 mm. Wow. I'm I'm liking what I'm hearing tonight. That was powerful, King. Awesome, awesome. Uh, you know how I feel about you in terms of your literary art and in general, you know, I have a lot of respect for DSR, which is a movement you created as for uh radio promotion of the arts, in particular poetry and spoken word art. Um, I love what you're constantly in motion doing. You're always creating epic literature. You don't probably don't even know when you're doing it that you're doing it. You're probably just doing it sometime at your leisure and not writing things down. So if you're doing that, um, keep a recorder handy, even your phone, and just start recording when when you have those moments and you're just doing poetic uh, speaking. Like a lot of times poets speak poetically, but they don't write it down. And somebody will say, wow, that sounds like poetry. 
Look, that's your cue. Start recording when you have those moments and you're just flowing free, freestyle with your speech, because a lot of times that could be poetry and motion. Um, I love what you wrote. Uh, keep keep it up. Keep it fresh and and keep it your style. Don't let don't let anybody change you in terms of your style of writing. It's effective, it's powerful. And I love your voice too. You probably don't relish the richness of your masculine tone <laughs> and the shrimp of your vocals when you spit and speak. But um, just to let you know, you have a good spoken word art voice, a very powerful voice for spoken word art. And also even to consider uh, doing voiceovers. I've got to, uh, I'll inbox you some uh, information on, on, on those lines. It's something for you to consider. Um, a lot of commercials. I have a friend that actually uh, did voiceovers for Verizon. Um, very good friend. We've been friends since we were little uh, children. We were best friends. And um, uh, made good money. It's, it's money making uh, in terms of doing voiceovers. So if you've not considered it, um, that's something definitely you want to consider. Also, add it to your resume. Um, sometimes you never know. A company might be looking to market a product and they need a certain type of voice. So be specific in description in saying the kind of voice. Uh, you have you have that rich baritone voice, yep, put it in there and say it with an urban influence. <laughs> you never know what commercial <laughs> opportunities may come your way, and yeah. also uh sylvia of course you you may have already been entreated. I'm sure I love your voice, I love your voice. it's perfect for radio, and you do host your <laughs> own show, right. Yes. It's perfect for radio, but people want to see your face, too. Are you also open for TV? Um, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good to I know. I never considered it. I'm like, what? <laughs> Good to know, because I'll definitely what do, you do mean? some referrals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she felt on the spot over there. <laughs> Yeah, I always like to ask people things. I don't want to just do referrals and uh, have people contacting you if you're not interested. So I always like to ask for. <laughs> sure. I'll do yeah. TV. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because you definitely, they'll want, they'll want your face too. <laughs> With the face. You know, hey, look, say it's a package deal. As long as I'm getting paid to work, I don't mind. This. <laughs> That'd be something to witness, see you on TV or whatnot. Miss oh, Dark. yeah. Hey, that would be fun. And I, yeah. think, I think you would like both, though. I don't see you just doing one. Like, even if TV was to really break big for you, I think you would still want to keep the radio. I think, yeah. Because I think you, you're awesome for radio. You're awesome for radio. If people can't see you just to hear your voice, um, promoting whatever topic, you know, you're on the air discussing. I think 
that's alluring. You have that kind of voice, and you'll acquire a good audience with that. And um, I don't know. Now, are you on Blog Talk or Talk Shoe? Blog Talk? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm on Blog Talk Radio, Monday night, uh, Epiphany Radio. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Big shout out to Epiphany Radio. Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> um, My indigo brother. Yes. <laughs> For real, the poet, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, I only came and hang out last night. Yeah, I, I consider him Morpheus. That's what I say. He's Morpheus. <laughs> <laughs> he came He's to the, the show last night Morpheus. and hung out. Weren't you there, Kate? Uh, yeah, I was there. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry I missed it. I've got to um, jump in. Now, your nights are which night, Sylvia? Monday nights. Okay, yes. Yeah, I've got to jump in on Mondays. I try to keep certain nights open. Monday's one of the ones I try to uh, keep open so I can do some things in support of the literary art community. And what time? Well, it's 6.30 Pacific, 8.30 Central, 9.30 oh, okay. Eastern. Um, thank you very much for letting me kind of yeah. promote the show. But yeah, I would love to hear from you. I remember you would come through on um, Inspiration Factory when I was co-hosting with Bob yes. Anderson. Yes, indeed. And I had a Tuesday show. Uh, we had, you know, as mm-hmm. everything shifts and the universe gets its little settle on, I know that everything will come back to the new normal yeah. for us. Exactly. <laughs> I love how you put that. Yes, indeed. Been a while since I heard the answer. Hmm? When is he bringing that back? You know, we really need to get the whole the logistics of it together because you know, um, one person shouldn't have to do it every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we get work that out, I think we'll have a better idea of how soon it could start. But Thrill the Poet will be revealing that information as soon as he has it. Wonderful. for updates. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love the show. But to uh, Fran and Sage Poet, I want to say thanks to everything you said about me. And it's funny you should say about the voiceover thing. And what mm-hmm. I was actually talking to. Miss Blaylock here, who suggested the same exact thing. Make- <laughs> wow. So she knows. I was not going to say anything. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I yes, put it out. Both put Does he have, on- like, that commanding? Like, I can imagine here even some an- uh, animation movies having, like, Absolutely. his commander and his voice coming up. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You know, that bridge <laughs> <laughs> you sound like the guy over at Poet Radio who said that. He, I sounded right. like an anime villain or something. Yeah, I, I, didn't mean it, I didn't mean it to be like Darth Vader like that. Yeah. 
Did you say anime villain? <laughs> right? Yeah, that's, yeah. It's like some cool anime villain. Yeah, mm. like he got that kind of voice. Like, yeah, definitely. Yes. I'm going to finish you with my device. <laughs> right? <laughs> A cool, cool animated villain. I like that. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. wow. David Mott's going to hate that he didn't come up with that. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, he's another oh, one. He be uh, uh, Francine. He always mm. imitates me. He cracks me up with that. You uh, know, he uh, tries to now down, you know, the, the show times for when I broadcast radio shows. Oh. He never gets it right. He never gets it right, though. Cracks <laughs> oh, no. That is and he always funny. says, wrong time. I say nine, he say seven or eight. Or seven. <laughs> what? <laughs> he said it on my show. And it is so funny that he yeah. matches you almost note for note for a little while, and then it's like, okay, nah. But then he sounds just like you for <laughs> right. You guys go back yeah. and forth. It's hilarious. It's like you plan it. And now, mm. if he matches the times, he'd be right on point. You know, he would shut me down. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh wow! I love it. That's that's that brotherly respect and love. That's the way it's supposed to be. It really is. Yeah, we be having times and whatnot. But Francie, I don't even know if you're free this Sunday. You know, Mr. Boston, he's having a show, and uh, we actually bringing back somebody who's been out of the poetry scene for about one year. Oh. Yeah, she's been out of the poetry for a year. Uh, her name is uh, Audacity is on the flyer. Mm, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. And what time, what's the start time? Give all the details so everybody listening knows, and I definitely want to tune in. All right. For everybody to know, that's DSR Presents Full Purpose Pens with your host, Mr. Boston, and special guests. Host Audacity at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central, 5.30 p.m. Pacific. It's going to be an open mic. Mm. The, uh, the show title is on that page because I'm not at my computer right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, You can check it out there, uh, talkshoe.com. Just type in DSR to find full-purpose pens. Yeah. Perfect. And I got that. 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 5.30 is Pacific Time, right? Yep, and 7.30 is Central. 7.30 is Central. Okay, so poets out there, literary artists, enthusiasts, scribes, and future literary artists, tune in. And if you just love poetry, tune in. It's a show of shows. DSR is always fire- Inc. You can't miss out on a good spoken word art celebration. And if you do, shame on you. Tune in on Sunday. And again, what's that artist's name? Is it Audacity? Yes, indeed. Audacity. In the spotlight. We will definitely call in and support 
Um, and thank you for letting me know the time, because I do have a teleconference I do about 9, <clears throat> usually from 9 to 9.30. But before then, I can tune in, and then afterwards, I can tune in. <laughs> so I will definitely be joining. All right, looking forward to it. Great hand, you, yes, Francine. Great hand, you, Miss Dark Joy Child. Y'all both put me on the spot tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know us queens. You know that's what queens do. We always like to support our kings. <laughs> Thank you for playing. <laughs> hey, thank you for having me on. Good night to both of y'all. Oh, good night, good night. Sweet dreams. Good night, King. And let's go Eagles. That's right. We got a parade coming up. <laughs> Woo, we're excited in here in Philly. We're I, I'm just I'm just praying the weather continues. So far they say Thursday we're gonna have sun. It's gonna be on the cool side, but that's okay. We dress we'll dress accordingly. But um it looks like we're gonna have sunshine. Plenty of sunshine, no moisture, no precipitation. We're getting all that today on Wednesday. Um, well, it's almost Wednesday. <laughs> A couple more minutes, less than 30 minutes. Um, but we're looking forward to a very successful um, celebration of the Philadelphia Eagles for the Super Bowl number 52 championship victory. Yes, indeed, it's a victory. And what a story. What a wonderful story from underdog to top dog. (laughs) That's amazing. So we're looking forward to celebrating big with the team. And it's going to be on Thursday, February the 8th. The parade time will be at 11 a.m. That's when it starts. And the route will be, they're starting at Broad and Patterson in South Philadelphia at 11 a.m. And then to northbound on Broad Street to South Penn Square. After that, westbound on South Penn Square to 15th Street. And then northbound on 15th Street to JFK Boulevard. And then westbound on JFK Boulevard to 16th Street, and then northbound on 16th Street to the Benjamin Franklin Parkway, and then westbound on the Benjamin Franklin Parkway to Eakins Oval, and ending at Philadelphia Museum of Art. And listen, the ceremony will be on the Art Museum steps at 1 p.m. and is expected to last until 3 p.m. Ladies and gentlemen, prepare for an awesome celebration. And I'm telling you, I wish the mayor would have said, made the announcement, the city will be shut down from (laughs) 10 a.m. till 4. (laughs) Just a compliment because I know Philadelphia is going to go crazy celebrating, but I just have to remind everybody, be safe. I understand we're excited, we're happy, right? We're drinking and being merry, but always do keep in mind, buzz driving is unsafe. Don't have regret in your life that 
you wish you never did get behind the wheel because in result to you buzz driving, someone lost a life, lost a limb, or you yourself are severely injured, and it's a life uh life changing issue so let's keep in mind be safe especially if we're driving and traveling in general and be safe and just watchful and and careful out there because there's always dangers around us you know even when they're not seen dangers are always around so you got to be safe and watchful. I, I would tell anyone, especially if you're in a crowd, uh, be watchful. And if you notice any strange happening, please report. Don't be afraid to do that. Um, you might prevent something fatal from occurring that could harm a lot of people. If you're in a crowd and you see something is suspicious or it's It's just not, it it looks out of place. It is out of place. Report it. Don't be afraid. Um, Remember, be watchful and be careful and consider you could save someone's life, maybe even your own. So don't be afraid to report something. Uh, And just be safe out there. We want you to have a good time, but we need you to be safe. Have a good time and safe. All right? I'm sending out much love to everyone. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to episode 201 of the Exceptional Scribble Show. A big shout out to um, all of the poets that did spit on the mic tonight. We heard from uh, Kane Spade, otherwise known as Mr. DSR. He is responsible for DSR Radio Fire Inc. People, if you're not tuning in, if you're not listening, Uh, There's a lot of shows that DSR has put out there. There's many recordings. you got to check them out. Um, TalkShoe has them. A lot of past recorded episodes, all powerful presentations of literary art, spoken word art. I'm telling you, it will move you. It will inspire you. Also, we had the honor of hearing poetry that was original from a published author by the name of Sylvia Bullock, coming to us live from San Francisco, California. Awesome poetess, awesome scribe in general. And I'm telling you, her new book, Uprising, I will be helping to promote it. Uh, We are going to have her on the Exceptional School Show on a Tuesday night in March. We'll uh, be able to uh, give you a more exact date in the near not too distant future. And we want you to call in then and support her. She is an awesome uprising literary artist and poet, and she doesn't half-step in any measure when she does her pieces or when she composes them. She puts everything in them that she possibly can, and she does her research and her study. You will find all of what she shared. Um, as a poet, it is, it is, it's all truth. It is all the truth. And she prides on that. So support her. She is an indie independent artist 
and she's not by any means tired. <laughs> she's never going to retire her pet, and she's got a lot to offer. So let us support her, and by her book, you can find the information on the Exceptional Scribble Show's fan page on Facebook. And also be listening out. I will be posting and updating um, of who's going to be on our show in upcoming weeks. Now, next Tuesday, we have a special show we are doing in dedication of love. It is our Eros Poetry Night. So for any poet or spoken word artist, if you write about love sometime, all in the time, or every once in a while, we need you to come out on next Tuesday and spit your love or eros poetry on the mic. Next Tuesday is February 13th. We come to you live 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we're going to do an open mic all night. It's all about love. And we're going to talk about what love really means. And, And we're coming from various aspects. We're going to hear from People from various backgrounds, various experiences, all are welcome. Spit your truth. We want to hear from you. And if you're an indie independent artist, that is your night to promote yourself. Come and share about how we can hear more or uh, read any literature that you have out because we definitely promote literacy. That is one of our missions as for the Exceptional Scribble Show. And um, we'll help you get more exposure. That's one of our missions, too. We are in it to win it for every indie slash independent artist because we are striving to put an end to the age-old struggling, starving artist dilemma that has been a reality for far too many indie independent artists in the world. So help us to help others in the literary art and artist community who are Indian independent. That's our goal. We're going to do it big in 2018. This is our year of impact, and we're hoping the same for you and yours as well. And now we'll hear from Sylvia Bullock again, and then we're going to end tonight's show. Thank you so much. You're Um, very welcome. Uh, I would like to say that I did pull Joe, the verbal mind dancer, on the line with me. He oh. asked it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Would he like to say something? He, the mic is open, and he's welcome, and, and welcome. We're, yes, welcome. Yeah. Well, 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 good evening, everybody. How's everybody doing this evening? Oh, good evening, good evening. I thank you for joining us on the end, and we are all open. If you have a poem you want to fill out and um, pour out from your scenes, your heart and soul, feel free to do so. We're all ears, and we're in support of you, and we appreciate your ink. Well, I appreciate that. I I, I do have a poem I'd like to uh, fit for y'all, so uh, here it goes. Uh, This poem is titled, Who Are You? Mm. Maybelline may be your scene. You become fantasy. You become dream. You may become the only image a man wants to see. 
you very well could be the length of this conversation. The everlasting never came from masking the real you. In the waking moments, who are you? Will the bumps and pits make a man forget you exist? Will your lack of foundation end it so quick? Or are you merely the contents of powders and pigments? And you outline your true feelings. Mm. Do you feel naked without it? You faked it, don't doubt it. Best foot forward is cool on occasion. Is your canvas just for persuasion? Look at all of it. Rembrandt would be jealous. What image today will you sell us? Tell us who you are. Do you hide the scars made by some fool, some fool that's been beating on you? Or are you hiding from you, unable to accept that you're already beautiful? Now, let me confess, a little rouge on the lips at best, the rest I detest if it's over the top. Just to drop here or there, I don't care. But just be fair. The real you was not there. Buried under rainbows of color, you draw out those shady brothers who only want one thing. Forget a ring. They like that face bling. And after they hold you, you're salt over the shoulder. Here, look at you. You and a kit. Max Factor, Avon, Mary Kay, all the rest. Who are you? I'm left to guess. And that's my piece. Wow. Awesome piece. May, now, may I ask this question? What inspired that piece? And, and please feel free to share in full detail. Well, what inspired that piece is I look at uh, a lot of young ladies out there with, you know, makeup, just heavy makeup and mm-hmm. looking quite gaudy. And they really don't have to do themselves because they, you know, they're kind of gentle women at heart. But then they flaunt themselves as something that they really truly aren't. So mm. that's what inspired it. Okay. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. And being a female, okay. being a woman, and um, being one that believes in the principle that, um, and I'm going to use an African proverb uh, beauty is as beauty does. I think we need to put more emphasis on how our heart looks, and I'm sending that message out to those Maybelline girls that put great emphasis on cosmetics being the beauty enhancer rather than beautifying their soul. It's important in this day and time that we be beautiful from within and know that you already are beautiful if you're being who you were born to be. It's ugly is what you do. Ugly is denying yourself the privilege of being the true you. So keep in mind the words of that piece, that poem, uh, verbal Joe, the verbal mind dancer, uh, spit and so eloquently, may I add, uh, that poem is a lesson. Allow the lesson to become your mantra. And I'm going to leave it right there. I yes, appreciate you. for your, your, your comments. So definitely, uh, definitely hit the mark on that. Spot on. Spot on. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. 
a big shout out to <laughs> I must do this uh Bruce George he is the um founder of the Genius is Common movement and if anyone knows me you know I am a firm supporter of that movement and for those that may not know Bruce George Bruce George is the actual co creator of Deaf Poetry Jam. It was Bruce George and Russell Simmons who created Deaf Poetry Jam. A matter of fact, Bruce George um, was the one who opened the eyes of Russell Simmons in allowing our urban, what they call urban poets, the privilege of coming through that door of Deaf Poetry Jam and becoming discovered, one of which is an international icon, uh, Black Ice, who is from Philadelphia, PA. And I'm proud to say that, being a native Philadelphian. (laughs) But yes, indeed. So we want to give a, a big shout out to Bruce George, founder of the Genius of Common Movement and co-creator of Deaf Poetry Jam. And also, um, there's a lot more to be said about Bruce George, but I'm going to move on to Black Ice now. Black Ice being a native of Philadelphia, um, we do want to say there's so much that he's done to make spoken word art a respected, well-respected, world-recognized art form. I want to give a special and big shout-out to Black Ice. Um, And just want to say to every poet out there, I'm giving a big shout-out to you, and especially to our poets who are people of color, because for far too long, we have not always been sung heroes and heroines. We've been the unsung. Um, And now is our time where we're being given the opportunity to be uh, exposed on various platforms. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, for one, I do want to say, he's made many great strides, and he's acknowledged the fact that it's literary art. Rap, which was often misrepresented, misunderstood, not always well embraced. It's a form of literary art that is also legendary in its own right. And let us not forget a lot of our poets, um, whom are the unsung heroines and heroes within literacy and literature as a whole. Uh, They were people of color. There's a lot to be said about poetry that's not been said. I look forward to National Poetry Month, which is coming up in April. I will be doing something in the city of Philadelphia. I will make sure it is well promoted for anyone that's coming through the city in April. You'll want to come to it. We're definitely going to give high honors to our muses, all of them. Uh, You know, poetry comes in various muses. Uh, We definitely want to acknowledge all of the legendary poets and poetesses and those that are new and uprising. A lot are underground artists, some rappers. 
but they have a story to tell. They have a message of love to send out and to resound within the communities of the world. And we're looking to give them that platform and opportunity to do it in the month of April, which is National Poetry Month and also National Jazz Month. And we're kind of, I'm working with a group, uh, the focus group, we're kind of working on something. We're going to honor both in one. We're going to honor jazz and poetry together because that is the month designated for national acknowledgement of both jazz and poetry. So we want to do what we're going to do and combine the two and have just an awesome time celebrating those two art forms and doing it to the to the nth degree. So to all the poets out there and spoken word artists, we love you. The Exceptional Scribble Show strongly embraces you. And this is definitely a platform that will be a home to you. And and we're gonna add more to this show. We have some upcoming uh new additions that will be added to our show. We're gonna have a ghostwriter uh that will have a segment that will be running every month, I think if not two nights on Tuesday. Uh they'll have an hour, um, one or two nights. Every month we have a uh, mental health clinician that will have a show because we found and did some research on this. A lot of artists are suffering from various uh, mental disorders. And one in particular, and these are genius artists, uh, one in particular is bipolar. Um, There's just been a lot in this day and time. Uh, who have that diagnosis. And some don't even realize some actors are coming out of the closet and actually um, sharing their stories that are struggling with that, um, with bipolar. And uh, I'm talking about actresses and actors that are um, award-winning actors and actresses. Some have books out where they actually share their stories and how they discovered um, that the diet diagnosis, um, they had that diagnosis um, after so many years of struggling with the symptoms. So we do want to embrace all of what our community is and all in it and to acknowledge that, yes, some are struggling with these disorders, but there's a cure. And the person that we have coming on, um, she's a holistic um, therapist, so she believes in, yes, there are things you can do in terms of diet, change of diet, as well as things you can do that's just um, self-help things, um, which means practical things that you can do and change that um, impact on the mind and behavior that will give you relief from having certain symptoms that you're struggling with with that diagnosis. So please tune in. But just know that the Exceptional Scribble Show, we're changing and transforming in our form to accommodate what the needs of the community are because we are a community-centered enrichment uh, forum. And, And we've made ourselves a resource to the community. We're just targeting the indie independent artists because we ourselves are that. 
And how can we say we love you if we're not helping you to love you? So that's what we're about in 2018. And continue to tune in. We promise you we won't disappoint you. And you're always going to get more than what you expect. A lot of times we we set an outline for our shows and there's certain things that we try to do. But we find... Did it just end? I think it did just cut off. I don't know. She went silent. Uh-huh. She went dead silent. Oh. Okay, well, hold on now. Um, hold on, love. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. I'm not sure how we had the disconnect to occur, but somehow the call was dropped. Um, I think it could have been an internal error. I know everything's done via the TalkShoe.com internet server, which is online. So somehow the, the line was disrupted. But I do apologize for that. But I just want everyone to know the Exceptional School Show has a lot of new things happening in 2018, and it's all about you. We're focusing on catering to our callers and accommodating what the needs of the community are. So that's the change that's underway. We hope that it's a change you can believe in and count on. We're looking to be reliable and presenting content that is good, that is culturally relevant, along with content that matters to the community. So it's going to be a lot of light skills even shared, you know, from everything. We're going to cover every topic that we can in our shows, but we're also going to be celebrating the art in terms of literary art. So poets, spoken word artists, this is a home for you. Um, For anyone that wants to become a published author, we always have our free publishing hour to start usually from 9 to about 10, and sometimes we'll go to 1030. Um, we won't have our free publishing uh, next week because we're just focusing on open mic and featuring um, poetry about love and granting our indie independent artists the exposure that they need. Um, but on the 20th, we'll be reverting back to our free publishing tips hour. The first half of our show on February 20th, we will have in the spotlight, the name is Amelia Moore. Amelia Moore is a published author, and she has a book out which is entitled She-E-O versus C-E-O. I'm going to repeat that. Her book, which is released, now available online, is going to be discussed, and that title is CEO versus CEO. And she is the actual creator of the term CEO. Someone else, of course, um, and I won't go into names, but somebody else began to use 
her term, the term which Amelia Moore is originator of. And she has had to legally have that term bound and published as being authored by her. She is the one that created it. And again, it is the title She-E-O. She-E-O. <laughs> and um, our topic will be promoting women in executive positions. Our focus will be ending male dominance in the workplace. All of that is discussed in her book. She is a powerful, powerful, um, formidable woman in our community and within the literary arts published community. She does a lot of um, conferences as well on that topic, She EO versus CEO, and it's actually telling her story. Um, she was one who was up and coming during the era when a lot of men were in the CEO executive positions within the music entertainment industry. And so Amelia Moore came in during a time when she was considered minority because there were more men active in a role of CEO than women. She encountered a lot of things, which she talks about in her book, CEO versus CEO. So I do want everyone who's hearing this to don't forget, this is going to be our exclusive interview, our feature artist. Again, the name is Amelia Moore, published author of CEO versus CEO. The date is February the 20th, which is another Tuesday, uh, February the 20th, and the time will be 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. She'll probably be on for a full hour to a hour and 15 minutes. And um, call in. Call in with your questions. For those that want to just look her up, Amelia Moore, author of CEO versus CEO, you can type it into a Google search in preparation of the show. Have your questions written out before time so you'll have everything that you want to ask her already written down so when that time comes, you can just spit it out. Because we will, we are expecting to flood our call lines, have a flood in. A lot of people um, are already talking about her book. She does expose a lot of people in that book as well. Um, but not in a spiteful way. It's just a matter of ex explaining um, why there's a need for more um, CEOs in executive positions because of the male dominance and what the male dominance means. Uh, we're not just saying because men populate the position, but there's also other things which now we're finding out about due to the Me Too movement that has occurred because of the male dominance in the entertainment and music industry and not enough of the female presence in those positions. And you get males, it's not against males in general being in those positions, but the um, abuse of power that for some odd reason, um, somehow it seems like the power can corrupt. Some men are corrupted by it. Not all men. Again, not all men. But it's a story to be told. 
and it's Amelia Moore's true account that's being told in the book. So for everyone, tune in on February 20th and then on February 27th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will have Richard Lowe Jr. He is, there's a lot that I have to say about Richard. Um, He is a ghostwriter among many other uh, things he does. He is a blog writer as well. He has his own business as well. He will be discussing what is a ghostwriter on the 27th. That's a part one of the interview. And then from 8 to 9 on March 6th, part two of the interview, Richard will be back discussing professional writing. He has his own business entitled The Writing King. You can go online and do a search. Uh, This is the uh, URL address, www.thewritingking.com. I repeat, www.thewritingking.com. Richard G. Lowe, Jr., and one thing I can say about Richard is he is definitely an expert in the field of literary art, published authorship, and writing in general. Um, and ghostwriting, a lot of people don't understand it, let alone a lot of people aren't doing it that should and could be doing it and could be profiting from doing it. Um, he is one that has been a ghostwriter to many great novels, you will be shocked. People who are known for these novels as being the writer of them, they paid him. And, of course, there's a contract you have to sign when you become a ghost writer. You're supposed to remain a ghost, pretty much, meaning nobody's going to know you wrote that, but you and that author, okay? So it is a contract that you sign to do it. But it, it's a way you can profit as a writer and do something that is helping someone who is a, a writer uh, to get their uh, writings out and published and, and done well. So that's something else to consider for those who are uh, writing out there, being a ghostwriter. So you'll want to tune in on February the 27th. Um, from 8 p.m. till 9, 9.30, we're going to discuss ghostwriting, and we're going to take our time. Part two will be March the 6th, and we'll be, be discussing professional writing services in general, and we'll also focus on the writing king and the services he provides. A lot of writers need writers to assist them in writing projects or literary projects. So never be ashamed. Blighter, writer's block <coughs> is real, but ghost writers can help in 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 those times when, for some odd reason, your writing flow is blocked. <coughs> Never feel ashamed to ask a fellow writer for assistance. It may make the difference between your book idea or project being complete and meeting a deadline or not. So we're gonna we're gonna cover a lot of topics February going into early March. 
you'll want to tune in again from 8 till 9 p.m. That's when I have a feature artist in the spotlight. And listen, it could be you. So inbox me, anyone that if you're a new author and you need exposure or if you're an old writer but (laughs) you have a new book coming out and you want to promote your book, we can help you. That's what the Exceptional Scribble show was designed for. It was written, it was designed for a writer with you in mind if you're a writer. And we've become so much more than just that. Uh, Again, we're a platform for indie and independent artists that need exposure. And if there's just resource information you need, you can tune in. We're on the air every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can join us in the chat room. You can join us via www.talkshoe.com. Our show's ID number is 133193 and then the pound key when you go online to talkshoe.com. 133 and then, I'm sorry, 133193 and then the pound key. For those that want to call in, it's 724-444-7444. And we're on the air Again, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Tuesday night. I want to say thank you again to Joe, the verbal mind dancer. I want to say a big thank you again to Dark Joy Child, uh, poetess Sylvia Blaylock. And I want to say again, thank you for sharing your information. I will make certain to promote it so we can get people buying this awesome book entitled Uprising by poetess Sylvia L. Blaylock, ladies and gentlemen. Again, I'm going to say it again so it stays in your head. This new book entitled Uprising by poetess Sylvia L. Blaylock is the book. You have not read poetry like this, I promise you. And I'm telling you, it is a soul-satisfying experience. You are going to be so contented from your soul all throughout. Get her book, get it now. And thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, This will end tonight's segment of episode 201, The Exceptional Swivel Show. Looking forward to you joining us again on next Tuesday which is February 13th. And don't forget, come bringing your love, your high optimum energy level, energy and spirit, because it's about expressing love on next Tuesday, expressing love to its fullest. Um, Even romantic comedy is accepted. You might have some sad, dark (laughs) poetry about the dark side a romantic love or just funny uh, romantic uh, comedy or just love in general. I mean, the mushy stuff, (laughs) love, the warm, fuzzy feeling love, or just love. I love opening my eyes and seeing the beauty of the sun every morning. Look, if nature is your, your love and inspiration, then bring your love poetry about how you love nature. But all I'm saying is I want you to come raw, come bringing your respect 
and love, for for being in love, romantic love, <laughs> romantic comedy, dark side of love, whatever, whatever, whatever. Some of you Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Whenever your love expression, a poetic love expressed is, you are welcome. All are welcome. Bring it. Just indulge responsibly. Don't start dropping the S-bomb. And, and, and I mean, come on, let's have some dignity about our respect for love. But, um, you know, come with your strength in your pen and in your ink. Come with that, you know, your fervor. Yes, you got tone, you got attitude. Look, bring it. It's about art, celebrating art, and, and eros is our theme for next Tuesday. And just remember, indulge responsibly. So it's not a smear campaign. We're not trying to smear nobody's name. Please don't use your ink on that night to smear somebody's name. It's not about smear campaigns. Just tell, speak, spit your truth, spit your truth by way of poetry, but indulge responsibly. That's all I ask. Let's have some fun next Tuesday. It's about Eros. Peace. (laughs) Peace and love and good health, because I know I ain't the only one sick right now, but I'm kind of, I'm at the end stage of it, and I'm so thankful for that. I'm giving thanks to you, Almighty giving thanks to my ancestors, giving thanks to my parents and my peeps and my haters even. I'm, I'm I'm saying to you, thank you, because your hater raid is quenched. I got a lot of positive energy and good vibrations flowing against it. So um, good health to everyone. If you're sick, you're getting well. That's my spoken art of love expressed to you tonight. You are getting well, meaning the worst is over and the best is yet to come. Have a good night. Peace and many blessings to everyone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.